Hey, this is Mark A. Altman. I'm here with Darren Dockerman and Ashley Miller, the Trexperts. And before we get to our season finale, we have a few quick updates for you on the future of Inglorious Trexperts as we boldly go to our fifth season. The future? That's the undiscovered country, isn't it? Well, I think the undiscovered country is death, and we're definitely not dying. So uh, not not this as, week. Not as far as I'm aware of. So uh, we just got back from the Creation uh, 56 Mission uh, Convention in Las Vegas, which was a fun time had by all. We'll be doing a <gasps> Darren. You can't see this, but Darren is holding up a maple leaf-sized bottle of Canadian maple whiskey, and a lot uh, of which went into my belly. This is true. You were uh, you were a very good uh, participant in uh, getting rid of the evidence. We had some uh, wonderful uh, wonderful um, uh, meals. We saw some good friends of the podcast, like the great Dr. Ken Milne, uh, who was kind enough to grace us with uh, this wonderful bottle of whiskey, and uh, did some terrific panels, um, and some of which will be uh, on the podcast shortly. And that's what brings us here because there are going to be some big changes happening here at Inglorious Trexperts. Um, we uh, are going to be going on a brief hiatus in September while we prepare to uh, refit a totally new Inglorious Trexperts. <laughs> it's almost uh, a totally new podcast. You're, 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 <laughs> but not a you're, totally you're, different podcast. And uh, we're going to continue to make the podcast available uh, for, for our loyal listeners completely free. However, we will be adding a Patreon component. Patreon component. What does that mean? If you're a fan and you want to contribute to our costs, which include mixing and um, travel and software and all that stuff, you'll have an opportunity to do that. And to reward you for your loyalty to the podcast, we will also be doing bonus episodes available to our Patreon Patreon backers as the new show from the Trexperts, Deck 78. Deck 78 will be a super secret show available only to our Patreon backers. Who knows what we'll talk about on that show? That will be bo a bonus, a bonus uh, uh, that's available only to our uh, Patreon backers. But the show will be continue to be free and available. So if you're here for the Trexperts and either money's tight or you just don't like us enough or don't think we need the money, well, then you can just... Uh, you can just go on listening. We're not going to interfere. No, go with ahead. That. Go ahead and listen. No, don't don't mind us. Yeah, don't <laughs> feel guilty keep, at all. Just keep listening for free. It's all so, good. But we're just bleeding <laughs> for you. So the infrastructure for that will be set up over there. But it does mean that we will we'll be skipping a couple episodes before we come back with our fifth season in October. Plus, also, I have to be honest. All three of us are extremely busy and we've exhausted all our episodes <laughs> and we can all use a break. So uh, it'll be a couple of weeks while we get the new uh, Patreon up and running. Of course, the old episodes will continue to be available wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to watch the video episodes, uh, they'll continue to be hosted on Electric Now. So you can check those out. But uh, starting with the new season, um, it'll be a whole new Trexperts with a, an entirely new podcast, Deck 78. And, uh, you know, you may even have some input into what we discuss on those shows. We may do some live shows. We may do. Who knows? Who knows? We'll see. This is but all, there's, all things are possible. It's all like things are possible. It's a grand experiment. <laughs> and look, we're going to be showing some big deck energy. 
So <laughs> we, we hope you that. enjoy it. We're going. I hope you relish it as much as us. So um, that's really <laughs> about it. And and since we won't be uh, here in September, I do want to say congratulations are in order to Darren Doctorman. I just got a copy of the beautiful Star Trek The Motion Picture 4K box set, which has oh, all three versions of Star Trek The Motion Picture. Wonderful new documentaries featuring uh, Darren Doctorman, uh, among others, and uh, some great new deleted scenes that I've never seen. This is everything we hope for and more. It's and wonderful. the deleted scenes do not feature Darren Doctorman. Well, and, which uh, you may be glad to know. <laughs> You're not digitally added to those scenes. <laughs> no. And I'm in the legacy features. So it's like, it's everybody. All the Trexperts are there. So, except uh, me. Except <laughs> for Ashley. Ashley. Um, but it's it's really um, it's really a terrific set. And I'm, I'm glad. Uh, uh, I think that uh, we can finally say we have the ultimate version of Star All Trek. All 16 versions of Star Trek The Motion Picture are included. <laughs> Eat your heart out, Ridley Scott. <laughs> It really it's it's on par with that magnificent achievement of Charlie De Lazarica and the Blade Runner uh, uh, box set. So uh, kudos to you, Darren Doctorman, and uh, thank you. And of course, my partners Dave Fine and Mike Matasino. Uh, well, I don't that goes without saying, but they're not my but, co-hosts. Uh, that's so. fine, but uh, <laughs> they're not here right now. <laughs> but I, congratulations to them as well. I uh, thank you. We thank you, and the spirit of Robert Wise thanks you. So if you want to uh, find out when we're back and, and how to support the show, can, you can continue to follow us on Twitter at Inglorious Trek, on um, Instagram at Inglorious Trexperts, and on Facebook at Inglorious Trexperts. And of course, um, there'll be news regarding the Trexperts briefing room, an entirely different podcast as well. <laughs> so It's uh, still different and it's still entirely. So uh, hop into that uh, turbo lift, hit, hit the... Uh, Ask for deck 78 and join and you us. you know why, and if you don't know why, then you don't know. If you know, right. you know. If you know, and you it, know. And if you don't, well, shame on you. <laughs> uh, Double dumbass on you. <laughs> but uh, we want to we thank you all for um, sticking by us. Um, we're so thrilled. I mean, the, the, the podcast is just continues to, to grow by leaps and bounds. Incredibly successful. We're going to have some amazing guests on the new season. We're really, it's going to be a real treat. We're, we really want to make the, the fifth season a real blowout because as you know, at the end of the fifth season, I'm retiring from this podcast. So I really right. want it to be yeah. special, but now without any further ado, we have our supersized season finale on the legendary Starship Smackdown. We hope you enjoy it and we'll see you right back here in October with Inglorious Trexperts and Deck 78. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman. And this is Darren Doctorman. And this is a special episode of the Inglorious Trexperts. And you, are you ready to get slapped? He who slapped. Slapped? We're not going to yeah, slap gonna anyone. No, we're going to smack you. We're going to smack, smack down. With the Smackdown, the Starship Smackdown. Well, let me tell you about the Smackdown. The Starship Smackdown is a little panel we've been doing at Comic-Con for the last 20 years. We just celebrated our 20th anniversary. Eight years. Think about that, kids. 
Welcome to the SmackDown 2013! It's time to find out what ships you have chosen. We enter spaceships into competition. These are all real spaceships, not cartoons, not from the prequels. They're real spaceships. That makes a difference. They compete. Our PhDs in spaceshipology weigh the pros and cons. And I'm not talking about K-H-A-N, I'm talking about positives and negatives. And then we will decide who goes on to the next round. This goes on and on and on until WonderCon. And, uh, uh, I guess Verizon has entered this ship in the competition. It is Doctor Who's TARDIS. It's a telephone year. booth. Every year we go through this. Uh, nobody even uses oh, no, landlines anymore. Space uh, and time, Rob. Space and time. Look, just because it's time and relative dimensions in space does not mean it is a spaceship. <laughs> It is a time machine. Fight even for the panel. Order, order. Oh, we know, must have order here. years old this year. Okay. We'll come back to that. We have a few. Fan a... favorite pandering okay. is okay. what I, I say. I, what ship would you like to see participate in the competition? The original. The greatest. <laughs> the legend. The one sanctioned and endorsed by the one and only Neil deGrasse Tyson in the Starship Enterprise. The Aries 3 from The Martian. Science. The Millennium Falcon. The Millennium Falcon. Steve Melching. I am here to make starships great again. The Super Star Destroyer, also known as the Executor. Look at this. His hat says, Executor. make starships great again. That's hysterical. That's hysterical. I'm going to go with uh, Sentimental Favorite and uh, pick the Serenity. Rob Burnett. That would be but the USS Discovery, the NCC-1031. I love that you got the naval construction contract number memorized already. <laughs> Nell from Battle Beyond the Stars. Nell by the Lords of Cobol, the Battlestar Galactica. Okay, the Liberator from Blake 7. Uh, the Starship's been in it before, but I think it's a real winner. Jefferson Starship. Jefferson Starship. <laughs> Jefferson Starship has made it surprisingly through a couple of, you know, and, and the ELO mothership, Jefferson I think, Starship. was one year. Do we choose cynicism and, 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 and negativity? <laughs> or do we choose to believe that the future will be better than it is today? And that Star Trek will go beyond, beyond into a world we can all believe in. Captain Crunch defeated the most powerful enemy ever, the Soggies. It's Captain Crunch and the Enterprise. I think the entire panel has lost focus. You have mighty warships that are going to focus on annihilating each other, and Pierce and the Serenity are going to sail away to the Comic-Con after party. <laughs> oh. I promise to drink harder and faster and longer. It's now five o'clock. I will have to be closing the room in the next 10 minutes. Very good, thank you very much. In all seriousness, there was a woman, an elderly woman, who used to come to this panel. Remember this, Mark? And she would come up every year and thank us for doing this panel. And then she stopped coming. And I would like to dedicate this panel to her because I thought it was awesome that a woman who's like 80 even knew what we were talking about. And she supported us. She was the only one who knew what we were talking about. <laughs> And I think that if we don't have the support of you, 
we'll never be able to do this panel again after today. <laughs> so I want to drink to that one. That's all of you. Let's keep voting. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. It, it's crazy because, of course, um, it started, this little thing we started as a lark um, in 2002. Um, right? 2002? Yeah, 2002. It was Darren, Rob Burnett, Steve Melching, uh, a guy named Dan Fever, who's now a writer for Simpsons, um, Sean LaFleur, who uh, is now a PI slash DJ, um, and uh, who else was on that original? I feel like maybe there was someone else that I'm forgetting. I, think, I, I don't know if he was on the first one, but I think Chris Gore was on one of them. No, he was never on the SmackDown. Well, I just remember him standing up and with a uh, with a next generation uh, uh, model and uh, throwing it across the room. No, that was a Star Trek panel we did. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then he he took the 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 um, hammer and smashed up the. <laughs> they model. all they all meld into one long. I know. Panel. Well, you know, everybody has their shtick, and uh, yeah, but but he was funny. That was fun, and. Um, but I know so, Dan Weber walked off the panel once. I almost walked off the panel this year. I'm not going to say why, but uh, but um, yeah, Dan was so upset that the Star Destroyer went down in like the semifinal round yeah. that he thought it was he thought it was rigged he for thought, the he Enterprise. Thought it was rigged. It's never been rigged ever. And so he uh, he went uh, he, he just off. he walked off, never came back. Right. I don't know what happened to him. Never saw him again. He was the man who never returned. Remember that old it, song? It is what it is. Riding the MTA. Return, no, we never returned. Yeah. And his fate is still unlearned. Right. Oh, He's riding goodness. underneath the streets of Boston. He's the man <laughs> who never returned. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't believe we remember that. I mean, that's that talk about dating ourselves. I mean, the, this is before we were born. He's, this was a folk song yeah. that, uh, that they sang. Um, the MTA. It was that's all right. about, I guess they were adding a tax to the, uh, whatever. Who cares? Doesn't so, matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. So we've been doing this SmackDown for 20 years. It's amazing because. It started in this tiny little room and just kept growing and growing. And we, you know, they were turning away tons of people. We now thought about huge... it as, as a parody of a Comic-Con panel. Yeah, where we take it really seriously. Something so yeah. ridiculous and trivial. The ridiculous ends. But we would, we would treat it as though it was a very serious right. subject, uh, which, of course, it is. And, um, uh, and, 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 and so over time, we got put in this huge room, which we, we, we were... Uh, you know, able to fill, which was really encouraging. And, um, uh, you know, what happened is it became a big part of Comic-Con. And over the years, we were covered by NPR, um, uh, the San Diego Register. Comic-Con did a big thing on for their 50th anniversary about it being one of the staples of Comic-Con, which was so terrific. Because and we so are the only us. panel that has been allowed to go two hours. Well, and sometimes more. <laughs> sometimes more. We went a little more this year, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so there's that. And uh, we're so grateful to our friends at Comic Con who've been so supportive of this absolutely. panel all these years. Of course, and, we've been uh, supportive of them too. So uh, absolutely, but uh, you know what? Uh, you know, indeed, you can scream at the cloud as much as you want if uh, you're not there. You know, welcome to the dance. Uh, and then, of course, <laughs> what was so nice is so many people that have come in. And uh, guest starred and weighed in. We had uh, the great Neil deGrasse Tyson, who gave an impassioned speech why the Enterprise should defeat the saucer from the day the Earth stood still. Right. Uh, in another case, we had the great Bear McCreary come in and jump on stage and tell us why the Battlestar Galactica should win. Right. Um, I've been wanting to do a celebrity edition where we get some actual Starship captains in, uh, like Nathan Fillion. Um, 
who has not returned my calls <laughs> to do it. Um, and uh, but it's still my dream to 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 do that. I think the only panel with uh, Nathan Fillion and Wilma Deering. Well, I think Aaron would do it. I talked to Aaron. I know about she it. would. Okay, yeah, great. yeah. She wasn't at Comic Con this year. I don't know no. why. And well, I don't know. I don't know. And um, it, it's been so much fun. And of course, over the years, we started doing spinoffs. We did Robot Rumble. Right. We did Alien Armageddon. We did um, Computer Crashdown. Right. Um, but you know, when we do two, of, and it was sometimes we would do two, two. Uh, a, a Comic Con, and that was exhausting. Yeah. But remember, that on Friday we do like horrific. A, a one, and then on Sunday we do another one. It was too much. That was the that was the year that we actually had trailers put on at, during the uh, masquerade. Yeah, yeah. I wish trailers we had, for a panel. I wish we had somebody who would cut more stuff for us because there's all kinds of audio visual I'd like to introduce. That it's just we don't have anybody that. Well, if I was in production right now, I would have had my editors do it. But the thing about it is that. I think when we get too fancy, it, it loses its uh, its magic. I think part of the uh, part of the attraction, at least to me, is that it is simple. It is grassroots. It is just us goofing around, very seriously goofing around. Absolutely. <laughs> and I have to say, I think uh, I think it was very very interesting. I know there was one year. I think we did Star Trek ships versus Star Wars ships. Yeah, I mean, it's always finding like a, a cool theme and stuff like that, and. It's always a lot of fun. The audience has a lot of fun with it. We see a lot of the same people, uh, you know, coming back year after year, which is really nice. Um, it's a great, you know, sort of button, or as they say, coda to the weekend. And, uh, you know, I'm so glad that we're able to share it to you, thanks to Mark Rivera, who came down and was able to record it for us. So I think without any further ado, let's go back in time. Let's slingshot around the sun and go back to where it all began. Uh, a couple of weeks ago at San Diego Comic-Con, Starship Smackdown 20th anniversary. We are back. We are back. A worldwide pandemic couldn't keep us away from Comic-Con. I'm glad to see you're all here. How many people have been to the Smackdown before? And how many people is this new? Oh, wow, a lot of new people. This is good. You're in, I would like to say you're in for a treat, but I'll let you be the judge of that. I'm Mark A. Altman. I'm the moderator for this swinging shindig. The mic's not on. It's not on. You sure? I hear my voice echoing. It's not on. No. I'm just emoting very loudly because I'm so excited. I'm so happy to be here. And why else am I excited? You know why? I got a new book out. They shouldn't have killed his dog. You know what that's about, don't you? Use the podium. Oh, yeah. So stay tuned. You make it to the bitter end, you could win a book. Yeah. They shouldn't have killed his dog. And I brought a 50-year mission. It's not on. I gotta go to the podium. Who am I, Gene Rayburn? That's for all you old people. I got the little skinny mic. I, I, I like this one, but I'll, I'll do this one. Okay. So, you may be wondering, 
what is so special about this year? Well, part of it is, I can't do this, Mike. I'm just gonna talk like this. <laughs> so, what is so special about this year? Other than the fact we're still alive and kicking. Well, I'll tell you what it is. It's our 20th anniversary. We have been doing this panel for two decades. That's longer than the time between Star Trek going off the air and Star Trek the motion picture. Times two. Okay, you can have that. You want me to autograph it? Okay. And, uh, oh, yeah. You don't know what you've unleashed now. So, uh, we're so excited. We are so excited to be back. Uh, we were going to call this, and I want to thank KT Kent for suggesting this. We're getting too old for this shit. But, uh, but, but it's going to be, we have a theme this year. It seems particularly apropos. Good versus evil. Good versus evil, right? I mean, there's a lot of good in the world. There's a lot of evil. We think it's only best to pick good ships versus bad ships. Evil, and when I say bad ships, I don't mean like the Discovery. I mean bad ships. Oh, that's, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. That's, it's a little joke. And uh, I'm talking about bad ships, evil ships, you know. Anyway, I won't make the joke I wanted to make. I was told not to. Okay, so. I'll get back to that one. Okay. So, to tell us a little bit about the theme of this, uh, I'd like to get a very special guest. We have a little video for a special guest who will tell us what the rules are. Let's take a look. This would be our good friend from Excalbia, Mr. Yarnett. We ask you to observe with us the confrontation of the two opposing philosophies you term good and evil. Since this is our first experiment with earthlings, our theme is a simple one. Survival. Life and death. Your philosophies are alien to us. We wish to understand them and discover which is the stronger. We learn by observing such spectacles. Okay, so we will determine what is stronger, good versus evil. That means there is a huge thing resting on the shoulders of these spaceshipologists. And for those of you who haven't been here, these are fully, they have their doctorate in spaceshipology. You know, you may say, why am I not on the panel? Do you have a doctorate in spaceshipology? Totally not. These people do. They've been studying it for years. So um, they're going to be out here. I'm going to introduce you to who they are. And I'm so thrilled to welcome back some of our, I mean, 20 years some of these guys have been doing this. It's crazy. So first, I want to bring out one of our more recent inductees. You know him as a writer for such shows as Arrow, The Flash, and on the, coming on the new NBC uh, reboot, Quantum Leap, it's Derek Hughes. Right here. My prediction for the fight, pain. Okay. Next. At 5'9", weighing in at 170, he is the writer of Thor and X-Men First Class, the showrunner of Netflix Dota Dragon's Blood, season three on Netflix. 
next month, Ashley Edward Miller. The creator of The Red Star, a director for Pandora, and the writer and artist of the new Cthulhu Town, it's none other than the Goss, Christian Gossett. You know him, you love him. He was a writer for the Clone Wars, Star Wars Rebels. Now, Magic the Gathering, X-Men, the animated series. And I'm gonna say it just so I can get it right. Rusty and Big God, nope, the big, big, Rusty the Boy Robot, Big God and Rusty the Boy Robot. I knew I'd get it right, Stephen Melching! Now, here is my pleasure to introduce another inaugural member of the SmackDown. He's the visual effects producer of the brilliant Star Trek The Motion Picture Director's Edition coming out on home video, currently airing on Paramount Plus. He's a concept designer for such shows as Westworld, and he did Master Commander and all this great stuff. Darren R. Doctorman. <laughs> Our final spaceshipologist. Remember, what happens in Hall 6A stays in Hall 6A, because otherwise we may never see Rob again. It is the host, the proprietor of the Burnett Network, the director of Free Enterprise, the producer of The Hills Run Red, commentator, troublemaker, raconteur, Robert Meyer Burnett. Good to see you, sir. Last and certainly not least, welcome back to the SmackDown, everybody. It's Marianne Butler. All we need is writing instruments, writing instruments, writing utensil. Ah, here comes Steve. I was going to give somebody a book for a pen, but. They shouldn't have killed his dog. Came out last Tuesday. I Who's keeping you, count of how many times I plugged the book today? I see you managed to get your book out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's, let's tell you, we're gonna try something a little, couple of things a little different this year. One, we're not gonna put all the ships on the board at, at first. At once. <laughs> we're gonna do ra reveal round by Already. round. For suspense. People are mad. But. You're angry. We, we figured this is the most dangerous Smackdown ever. We're gonna change things around. We're gonna, if it worked for Jeff Probst, it'll work for us, right? So we're gonna, we're gonna change things up. We got, we're bringing change, hope and change. We got the Omega 13 button. The Omega 13 button. Now you may wonder, what does it do? We don't know. No, we do know. What, if someone, everyone can use the Omega 13 once. So if a ship that they are advocating for looks like it's threatened, looks like it's gonna go down, looks like they're gonna lose, they can hit the Omega-13. And it will transform 
into a new ship. It's transforming. So the Omega 13 is all new this, this season on the Trexperts. What, what show is this? The Smackdown. Yes. That's oh, right. Does so, it matter? Really? I, it's all the same. I'm very excited. So, Steve, I believe you have, you have the Magic Cups. Okay. Good ships. And bad ships. Okay. So these yeah, ships so will be chosen at random, round one, representing the good ships. Mm. Oh, big surprise. This, you know, we don't stage this. This is completely just whatever happens, happens. It just is weird the way this stuff works. I got to admit, it's a little strange. The USS Enterprise oh. 1701. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> no bloody A, B, C, or D. Mark, it's, that's the one from 1966, right? That is correct. Okay, no weird it. nacelles. No windows. No waffle kind of plating on there it. There are no windows and no doors. It's the one that Neil deGrasse Tyson said is awesome. That's okay. Right. And then representing, oh God, this is going to be a quick round. Representing evil, evil is Moonraker 1. Oh, interesting. Moonraker 1. Okay, now for those of you who aren't my son, who are younger and may not know these things, I'm saying you do know these things. The Moonraker is from 1979's Moonraker. Aptly named. <laughs> and it did have lasers on it. Okay, so I want to start, I want to start with you, Darren, on one side representing good, the Enterprise, representing evil, the Moonraker. Who would win? Why are you looking at me? You said Darren. Darren's over Did there. I say Darren? Yeah. yeah. I meant Derek. Oh, okay, yeah. Darren, Derek. Yeah, Derek. What do you think, Derek? Start, we got the Enterprise, and obviously everything that comes and with the Enterprise, phasers, shot. transporters, you got the Moonraker. This is tough. This is very <laughs> tough. <laughs> it's a, a no-brainer, man. Let's go. Is it? Yes. Why would, why would you say it isn't? Well, I'm, I'm asking you. I'm just moderating. I have no horse in the, in the race. <laughs> On the side of good, I'm going to have to go with the Starship. I mean, I like James Bond movies. In fact, I have a book. Nobody did it, does it better. The complete oral history of James Bond. Great book. Check it out. Available wherever you buy your books. Maybe okay. in a Mandela Effect history, there would be a story about where Moonraker 1 would be winning. But I don't think we're in that history, so I'm going to have to go with the Enterprise. Okay, well, we'll come back. Maybe somebody will... This is the great part. He will listen, theoretically, to what they have to say. And he may have his mind changed, which is why the vote doesn't go on the board yet. We, 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 we need to... We'll poll the jury yeah, and, and find out, you know, if anybody has been swayed by the arguments being made. Ashton Miller. I don't see this contest so much as a battle between good and evil in this case, as a battle between good and really bad. <laughs> and in that age-old conflict, I have, to, I have to give it to good. I have to give it, obviously, to the original Starship Enterprise, because not even I uh, could construct an argument for the Moonraker one. Wow, if you actually can't make a compelling <laughs> argument, we're in trouble. Steve Melching. Oh, boy. Well... Hugo Drax was one of the great Bond villains. Sure. Was, was he a villain or just a visionary? For the sake of argument. 
with he, a beard. He did manage to build an entire space station and place it in orbit around the Earth with no one noticing. And a French castle in Los Angeles. Right outside He of put LA. a French castle in orbit? He brought brick it up. by brick, Mr. Brick Bond. Brick. Sweet. He built a whole space station in a cave. No, he didn't. <laughs> out of a box of scraps! <laughs> <laughs> and at the same time, a whole fleet of space shuttles armed with lasers that he could launch into orbit. So, I, I, you know, I don't think we should count Drax out just yet. He does have significant resources at his, avail at his uh, disposal. You know what's so funny? I, I, when I said Steve, I saw this gray hair. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Mark. that was you. <laughs> okay, so, so this, happened, this has happened twice. It's Did you have a Steve stroke on the way back from lunch? I might have. It's either yeah, Steve or Ron That's true. Um, Okay, Chris Gossett, who is definitely not Stephen Melching. <laughs> why, 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 what do you if think? If only, if only. You know what I love about this? Is the imagery of, the imagery of those great space suits, those extra vehicular suits that Kirk and Spock wore and got in so much trouble in. I love the idea of an entire platoon of those guys leaving the ship to battle against those guys from Moonraker with their little pew 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 pew. I love that so much and I love, check this out, if only Barry McCreary were here because imagine, <laughs> imagine both soundtracks. <laughs> like the battle, what's the battle, the Trek music, battle music? That Anybody? thing with the Trek, with the battle. <clears throat> exactly. Dun, wait, dun, wait, dun, you want the battle dun, music dun. from... And, and that versus the sexual disco of Roger Moore's Moonraker. I thought you were going to go space beam versus laser beam. Kind of, kind of. In a way, I did, Steve. <laughs> That's me. Okay. I'm, and, I'm th and in this, in this fantastic conflagration, of course, the men of the Enterprise and the women of the Enterprise win. Yes. That's all. That's wow. It. Even it's against this I see your schooling is really paying off. Thank you. That was a Thank you. Compelling <laughs> argument. Um, Darren. Yes, Mark. <laughs> not to be confused with Darren. Um, <laughs> I'm not Robert Meyer Burnett. Tell, tell us. Uh, you could be. Someday, maybe. Someday. If you tell should us, be so um, lucky. The I'm, Enterprise versus the Moonraker. I'm going to take a little different tack here because uh -oh. what if the existence of the Moonraker uh, station and the shuttles are necessary for the enterprise in the future to exist. Mm, that's deep. We don't know. We don't know exactly. Those are very hazy years there. So it could be that the moment that the enterprise destroys the Moonraker One, it also ceases to exist. So we just don't know. I have to think out of the <coughs> celestial box here. You're blowing my mind. Uh, as I was intended to. <laughs> okay. Well, you heard, uh, Robert, you heard everyone. I have a feeling there is one distinct advantage that the Moonraker has over the Enterprise for you. <laughs> yes, and I think, you know, Mark, I was reluctant to come on this panel uh, for fear of getting canceled because uh, it's been three years since we've done this and a lot of people know the tax, the, 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 the various arguments that I, I tend to put forward are no longer, uh, let's call them no longer socially Credible, relevant, no As one wants they, to hear them. They never were. But they, I, they, I've they decided I don't care. <laughs> and uh, what I've decided to do is point out that Hugo Drax is a forward-thinking man. He put together the most ethnically diverse 
genetically perfect hot women ever <laughs> to repopulate planet Earth once he exterminated the flotsam and jetsam that we are here. <laughs> and it was a good plan. And basically, what, what would be wrong with, with, with Victoria's Secret models roaming the planet Earth for the rest of time, along with their beautiful men folk? And, uh, I, you know, the Enterprise is full of really capable people, but, and there's a lot of very attractive women on the Enterprise, but they're not genetically perfect and as hot as Hugo Drax personally picked out. So I want to live in Hugo Drax's future, even though he's going to exterminate... <laughs> He's going to exterminate most of the human race. But let's face it. I mean, Probably look at what's you. going on in this country for the last five years. We yeah. could be gone. Nobody would care. <laughs> Hugo Drax would bring down, uh, 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 again, an international cadre of hot ladies that are going to make sure the earth is better tended to than we certainly are. I've had enough of all this bring down. That's right. Well, so let me say I'm going with Hugo Drax. I'm going with the Moonraker program. Wow. I'm going with that. The, he's going to kill everybody with the orchid, orchids, the black orchids. Sure. Was, you know. It's the same plot as Star Trek, the motion picture. Plan. A good plan. But shorter. Moonraker. Wow. That's right. Okay, Rob. Well, Cancel I just want to point now. out we're missing the slide that says the opinions expressed by Robert Meyer Burnett do not necessarily reflect those of the panel. Please direct your hostility towards Rob directly. Um, Burnett RM on Twitter. Come at me, bro. Change my mind. Okay, well, you heard the arguments. There are arguments about if we destroy the, the space shuttle, maybe there's no enterprise. We heard uh, genetically perfect people on board. Um, and ethnically diverse. Well, apparently, yes. now, I'm not even going to make the argument, that, but apparently they're genetically mutated, uh, eugenically people on the Enterprise now, but... Oh, anyway. right. <laughs> She's okay. pretty perfect, though. Um, okay, you heard the arguments. I did. Enterprise versus Moonraker. Have you, you said it was the Enterprise, but has anything you've heard changed your mind? <sighs> you know, I had, a, I had a thought, and I was like, Hugo does have a secret weapon, and that secret weapon is a man named Jaws. Yes! Oh. <laughs> I think you can say Shirley Bassey. <laughs> <laughs> and those metal chompers will be just chomping through everything, including the Enterprise, and so that makes it a tougher battle. But in the end, Jim Kirk has what's called Kirk-Fu. That's right. And I think that he would be able to take him down. Yeah. But yeah. then, as to Robert's point over there about the beautifully genetic women, that's also Jim Kirk's weakness. So, All right. <laughs> I like where you're going with this. So I am kind of being swayed here to now change my... Really? Uh, Rob, <laughs> he, made a, he made a very compelling argument. Check out the big brains on Brad. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, that I might have to go with in this case. I think I might, for the first time, ever listen to and agree with Rob Burnett. Well, wow. <laughs> for everything, there is a first time. Okay, and wow. Gonna, and I'm going to go with Moonraker. Well. Moonraker. I just want everyone to remember My man. that the Omega-13 is within easy reach. Okay. <laughs> Ashley Miller. So, you know, Darren and... And Rob, um, you, you certainly, you certainly made a game of it, but nowhere such good sport <laughs> in your uh, rambling responses did you express anything that resembled a coherent thought. We <laughs> are like all dumber having heard it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your souls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you win! 
Oh, so what's so your vote? Yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, totally voting for the Enterprise. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let, let's get that on the big screen for a second. Oh, for crying Small out commercial loud. break. Okay, never mind. It's fine. <laughs> they shouldn't have killed his dog. <laughs> okay, finish your thought, please. It's time for commercials well, my later. My thought's done. His, 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 his small nope, thought is done. Enterprise, next. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if I'm not mistaken, we have two votes for the, two votes for the Enterprise, two for the Moonraker. No, one. one for the Moonraker. One, one for the Moonraker. Two is better than one. Okay. <laughs> Steve Melching. Oh, boy. Well, you know, when the, when the rubber meets the road, you know, Kirk may be momentarily distracted by the crew of uh, Moonraker 1, but uh, he's for got... For like it, five minutes. For like five minutes. He's got it, and he's got it, his own secret tops. weapon. You know, Spock and his cold, cold volcano logic... Uh, would quickly uh, assume command and make short work of the Moonraker Indeed. shuttle and the base. No doubt. So I got to go for Enterprise. Mm. Captain, you are erotically compromised. <sighs> okay, <laughs> that's three votes for the Enterprise. Two, one for the Moonraker. So Rob, are you still voting for the Moonraker? You know... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everybody knows my thoughts about classic Star Trek. I was just putting out an alternative point of view to show you all that I am open to such things. The alternative factor. I'm always voting for the Enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you don't want to buy into my logic of living in a perfect utopian world with beautiful women, uh, what can I say? <laughs> I, I think our flawed, crazy planet that we have is better than uh, an imperfect future. I'm gonna go for the USS Enterprise, now and always. <laughs> okay. So Darren, I assume your vote for me for the Enterprise as well. No, <laughs> because my vote doesn't count now. <laughs> There's nothing I can do to change the course. Yes, there is. Or there is, is there? There is the Omega. <laughs> the Omega 13. No, I, I'm going to save the Omega 13 for when I truly need it, Ironically, and when I truly care, because I don't care, I just wanted to open everyone's mind to the possibility, the potential for damage in this case. But uh, yeah, we'll go with the Enterprise. Okay, so round one is the Enterprise. Shocking. And I want to remind you that at the end of the first round is the Captain's Courageous Lightning Round, which means each of these ships get a captain which could be a random captain. Could random. change things up dramatically. So mm. now the Enterprise goes on to round two, but right now, let's see who our next two ships are. The Battlestar Galactica, 1978, still on its lonely quest. <laughs> you know, a lot of chips from the previous century with us, you noticed. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh! Versus a Borg cube, we gotta fight oh. on hands. Wow. Wow. Interesting. This is a, indeed a very interesting because of course, um, the, the Galactic guys <coughs> used to fighting cybernetic super beings, but um, perhaps not like the Borg. So Darren, start us off. The Galactica. Indeed I will. In space battling a Borg cube. You know, the systems aboard the Battlestar Galactica are completely incompatible <laughs> with that 
of the Borg collective. Uh, I think the moment that they, uh, that they assimilate uh, Commander Adama, for example, they'll be so deathly bored <laughs> with doing this that they will simply give up and go somewhere else. Uh, plus, uh, every shot of the Galactica was so expensive that it would bankrupt the Borg immediately if they were to do a any, uh, you know, large-scale attack on it. So uh, I, think that, uh, I think that the Galactica has a little edge over the Borg just because they have better things to do. <laughs> so Steve, Captain Adama is a Borg. I mean, you know, is he a Lucutus? I mean, you, does anybody care? Would they fire? Probably. The Borg so, look like us now. Um, Steve Melching, so the Galactica versus a Borg cube, what a battle that would be. Well, it's certainly not an aesthetic battle. I mean, the Battlestar Galactica, of course, designed uh, in part, at least by the great Ralph McQuarrie, one of the yes. uh, most amazing uh, space starship designers of all time, versus a square. Yes, a cube. <laughs> it's a, a cube, cube versus a space it's a, alligator. There's a whole other dimension that it's got. And the the crew of the Battlestar Galactica. These are these are hardened colonial warriors who have escaped the destruction of the thirteen colonies, uh, and they are adept at uh, fighter combat, at hand to hand combat, and at triad. That's right. So I think uh, maybe a spirited game of triad might uh, confuse the Borg sufficiently into uh, surrendering. I don't know. Well, especially if they're battling against the Borg Queen uh, when she tries to make a, a difficult jump shot, uh, her shoulders just separate from the rest of her body. And it's, <laughs> it's a horrible mess. So. <laughs> what, do you, what, do you, what do you think, Ashley? This is an interesting battle. The Galactica has its squadron of vipers. The Borg has, uh, the, yeah, I don't know what the Borg has. It has, has a little baby, a little um, baby Borg. You know, there are those who believe <laughs> that life down here began out there. And there are some who believe that the Borg out there began down here <clears throat> or something. <laughs> What was I talking about? <laughs> oh, the Borg and the Battlestar Galactica. So I have to look at it this way, because if I were to simply assume that uh, both of those ships are in their most battle-ready, dangerous state, there's zero question in my mind as a technical exercise uh, that, the, uh, that the, the, the Galactica would just get absolutely uh, destroyed, lost. And even if it weren't, um, by the time the Battlestar Galactica managed to eke out a victory, the Borg would have already assimilated uh, that ragtag fugitive fleet. And at that point, who gives a shit if they find Earth? Um, however, comma, Battlestar Galactica has something that the Borg don't. Over more time, syllables. But both Battlestar Galactica and the Borg evolve. Can we agree? Over time, they evolved. And over time, the Battlestar Galactica evolved into something far more interesting, something far smarter, uh, something even more watchable and compelling than it ever was. And, not not and, without the Omega-13, it doesn't. Uh, and, and the Borg evolved the opposite direction, slowly becoming less interesting, 
less powerful, a little stupid. Uh, until finally, anything scary about them was polished right off. Uh, so I would have to say that, uh, that, that, that weighing them from that point of view, I have to go with a Battlestar Galactica. I can't reward the Borg for assimilating themselves. So you're saying from a certain point of view? From a certain point of view. Okay. Derek, you heard a very complex... What about Chris? Argument. I'm going to come back to Chris. Okay. Thank you. You skipped over Chris before, and I don't want to see it happen again. Oh, no, no, I do. Thank you. It's all right. It's all right. We'll we'll come back to Chris. All right. But I want to hear what Derek has to say right now. Well, I I thought about it, and it seems like it's a very simple thing, right? You think the Borg is like, okay, resistance is futile, going to assimilate everything, right? But Battlestar Galactica has two weapons that they were not anticipating. One is space disco with electric jump ropes, so that distracts them. And then two, there's a cute little dog that's called Daggett. So the minute that the board see that, they're like, oh my God, forget this. And then they start playing with the Daggett, and the next thing you know, Daggett has assimilated all of them. Oh. So Muffet is their weak spot. Yes. Interesting. Chris, what do you you think of that? (laughs) The Daggett is their Achilles heel. You know... Was it Nietzsche or Snagglepuss who once said, I love this Borg thing so much because it's just a cube. It's just a cube in space. How amazing is that? Space has no aerodynamics. Who finally figured out how to make a ship look like something that could actually be a ship? I was talking about something, but all that government issued cheese just got to my brain and I forgot my point completely. What I was going to say is that the idea of Lauren Green, Captain Adama, as a Locutus, as a Borg. Commander Adama. Sorry. <laughs> the idea of Lauren Green as a Borg is just fantastic. Not to mention Dirk Benedict and Richard Hatch. Oh, yeah. As Borg dudes walking around, strutting their stuff, probably leading a bunch of Cylons in a really cool coordinated dance fantasia. I love that. And because of this wonderful imagery, I have to go with the Borg Cube. So, Rob, just think of the musical cue. Thank you. When they, when they, when they uh, try to assimilate Adama, you know, that dun 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 <laughs> when they found the casino planet that the Ovions dealt with, or that were... Starbucks' first thought was when he saw a hot girl group, even after the destruction of humanity, he's like, you know what, we can put these girls in a circuit. <laughs> That's what he said. He was, he was literally going to put the girl group, the, the, the two-mouthed girl group, on the circuit, even though humanity had been destroyed. He always has his mind on the prize. And once Starbucks found out that there was a Borg queen, he would have stopped at nothing to seduce her. He would, have, he, would have t- he would have flown his Viper over. He would have found a, a secret entrance. He would have gone in there. He would have stepped. Because they wouldn't have cared. The Borg let you walk around their ships. They don't pay any attention. He would have walked right up to Alice Krieger, put her together. She would have been two parts. He's like, I need you in one piece, baby. And uh, <laughs> it, it, would be, it would be epic. And, and she would be so taken aback. Resistance is not futile when you're Starbuck. You can get anything you want. And he would. And the Borg Cube would just be dead in space while the Galactica strip-mined it for parts and anything that uh, they needed. 
And, and probably we would have brought the Borg Queen on as a guest star for a second season. Sure. <laughs> she would have been Starbucks' girlfriend. Okay, well, a lot of really compelling arguments there, I, I guess. Um, I don't know how Athena and Cassiopeia would feel about that, or Cora. But, um, Life's tough, man. Life's tough in space. <laughs> I'm going to ask for you to vote, and maybe perhaps your opinions have been swayed somewhat, and uh, the Omega-13 remains unused. Okay. Derek. Galactica. Galactica. One vote for Galactica. Ashley Miller. Mm-hmm. <sighs> uh, pass. <laughs> Steve Melching. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> he thought I was you again. So I can pony tail this. Chris, 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 no, check this out. I'm going to fix this. I'm fixing it. It's fixed. It's fixed now. You got a scrunchie. It's adorable. Thank you. Thank you. Oz. Maybe the name card should face this way. Okay. Uh, Even with with Dr. Burnett's take, I'm thinking that the board queen is going to be the one to be assimilating, right? As soon as that USB goes in the drive, the board queen is going to be, ha, 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 ha. So I'm thinking, and unlike the old days where she would become a guest star on the show and completely, let's face it, kind of nerfed. Mm -hmm. No. This is the post-Me Too world. It's her show. So I'm going with the board cue. Wow. Okay, so that is wow. one for good, <laughs> one for evil. Evil. Okay. So I got the ponytail. It's evil. <laughs> well, I think the, the, you know, all the, all the men of the Galactica got game. I mean, Commander Dama caught the eye of Cyrus Bellamy. Of course, uh, Captain Apollo had the uh, Serena. Uh, Starbuck had a, a lady in every port. And every ship, uh, I, I think the, the triple combination of them would just so beguile the board queen that uh, they would just go into a self-destruct mode, and the the, the, the battle-hardened Galactica would would continue on on their lonely quest. How many years were you at school for this? <laughs> a lot, a and lot, then, a lot of years. <laughs> I will say that Steve just convinced me. I'm going to go with the board cube. Oh, <laughs> look at that! Okay, going with the square. Uh, so, well, the Q. Two the Q. for evil, one for, for good. Steve, so presumably you're... I'm Galactica all the way. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So we have, for the Galactica, it's two votes. For the Borg Cube, it's two votes. And we come down to the last two, which are Darren and Ron Burnett. Darren, how do you vote, Darren? How do you good? tell the two apart? Yeah, yeah they both have gray hair. I think... Uh, I think they did 20 years ago. <laughs> I think that what we're forgetting is the amazing animal magnetism of Colonel Ty. (laughs) (laughs) That no one has mentioned yet. Uh, I think that he would do the trick, so to speak. And uh, there would be no competition. The, The Borg cube would be yet another useless ship in the ragtag fugitive fleet. (laughs) And that's my vote, the Galactica. Okay, so now, Rob, what's interesting here is you can either have the Galactica prevail or you can tie it up. Tie it up. So is it going to be the Galactica or the Borg Cube? It's going to be the Galactica. They have a socialator on board. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, so the and Galactica. One after they get the Borg Queen in there. <laughs> now, what's interesting here is we've seen good triumph in our first round. We've seen good triumph again. Right now, good appears to be stronger. Abraham Lincoln's going to be very happy. But, um, but we're not done yet. We got some more ships, and evil can make a comeback, as we all know. So let's see. I representing this was good versus evil Knievel. <laughs> representing good. It's not one of those big Karelian ships, you know. It's the Millennium Falcon. The Millennium Falcon. Falcon. Yeah, we're all voting against it. What? No. <laughs> Fastest hunk of junk in the galaxy. Versus. Keep my sister out of it. Oh, this is one. This is a new, this is a debut for this SmackDown. We've never had the ship in the SmackDown before. Very esoteric. Some of you may not know it. The Red Electroid Father Ship from Buckaroo Banzai across the eighth uh, dimension. Oh, Planet 10. <clears throat> so it's wow. the... But you've all heard of the Millennium Falcon. She's the ship that made the Kessel Run in less than 12 parts. Um, okay. Electroid? Oh, the, I'm sorry, the Red Electroid Father Ship. It's not a mothership, it's a fathership. <clears throat> so what? Big deal. <laughs> I'm gonna start with none other than Mr. Robert Burnett. Robert, we have on one hand the Millennium Falcon, legendary ship, and then we have the Red Electroid Fathership. Not as legendary, but it's got it where it counts, too. Well, the Red Electroids were defeated by a rock band. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's face it, the Hong Kong Cavaliers, led by the great Buckaroo Banzai, took them all out. A band. <laughs> I'm just saying. Size uh, Snoodles and Max Rebo did not, did not prevent Han Solo from being rescued, liberated from Jabba the Hutt. Uh, the modal nodes didn't have anything to do with uh, making sure that the crew of the Millennium Falcon was defeated, but the Hong Kong Cavaliers could defeat the Red Electroid. So I would just say this. I mean... The music of the Star Wars universe has no power against anyone. So I'm going to go with the Millennium Falcon. Interesting. Okay. Is that someone I got, man. out there crying in the dark? I don't know. But wherever you go, there you are, Darren Docterman. You're taking, you're taking all my lines here, Mark. Thank oh, you. Look. <laughs> They're the Hong Kong Cavaliers. They're not just any rock band. Look. Buckaroo Banzai went through a freaking mountain, okay? Um, so I think that's a, you know, that's a very specific talent to defeat the Red Electroids. Uh, and Han Solo does not have a flugelhorn. So these are things that working against him. Uh, however, Han Solo is pretty clever he could probably trick the red electroids into thinking that he's a piece of floating garbage. Uh, he can probably uh, try and go into light speed and fail, thus confusing them. What else? Uh, I think they're playing next door. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Look, the red electroids are crafty and they have a lot of patience. They uh, waited around for something like 50 years 
after they crash landed in Grover's Mill, New Jersey. Uh, the problem is that uh, the, the fathership is basically coral. Yeah. And it's very brittle. Not really good for traveling in regular space. I mean, they can go through, they can go through the eighth dimension, certainly. But, uh, you know, Planet 10 is a long, a long way away, and I don't think they can make it by conventional means, so I'm going to have to give it to the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> Steve Melching, when are we going to Planet 10? Uh, real soon. Okay, so... Well, the, the Red Electroid Fathership may be a, a seashell or a piece of coral, but the Millennium Falcon is a hamburger. And hamburgers are soft and squishy, even when they've got a, an olive pinned to the side. Now, the Hong Kong Cavaliers, as we've said, are not a normal band. Uh, Bakru Banzai, of course, is also a neurosurgeon, a, uh, an, an author. Uh, a ninja. A ninja. Yeah, and, a, and a comic book character. Great many skills at his disposal, and it, it took all those skills working in concert to defeat the Red Electroids. Yeah, did they, though? <laughs> did they? And Red Electroids, you know, Red Electroids drink battery acid. They're, they're sturdy, sturdy creatures. <clears throat> Don't um, try that at home, kids, okay? We know that you're out there listening in the dark, uh, watching this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Don't cry. Don't cry, and don't, don't cry. drink battery acid, <laughs> especially you. And I don't think the Millennium Falcon had a watermelon on board. No. So but I don't we don't know. know that it didn't. Yeah. It could have. It had a lot of capes. Okay, was it? I'm going to need to hear a few more arguments before I make my final decision. Okay. Um, Chris Gossett. Yes. Um, <laughs> you're next. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, guys... I'm going to illustrate a point, and I'm going to use my cell phone to do it. This is solid matter, right? Oh, no. I mean, cool. <laughs> solid matter. But the actual matter, the quarks, protons, neutrons, and electrons, are only one quadrillionth of its actual mass. The rest is the eighth dimension, all right? So what I'm saying is those red electrodes could travel right through the Millennium Falcon and destroy it from within. That's what I'm saying. Not without the overthruster. Damn it. The overthruster. Damn it. <laughs> Oscillation overthruster. You're right. That overthruster problem again. Thanks, Rob. Oh, no, that was Darren. That, that was Darren. That was me. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. But, you know, you're both, you've both got the white beards. And, yes. Uh, and normally I would be the one making the, the overthruster jokes. We look exactly alike. But the question is, yeah. could the Millennium Falcon go through a mountain if it had an overthruster. What? I mean, not really. And, and also, the Red Electroids are from New Jersey. I don't, know if, I don't know if a carpenter from the valley could defeat a bunch of guys from Jersey. <laughs> right? He got lucky. Especially a stoned carpenter. From stoned the carpenter from the valley versus a bunch of tough guys from Jersey? I don't know. Drink battery acid. Battery acid. For fun. <laughs> for fun. Yeah, but, but, you know, I got to ask you, uh, Ashley. Bucker Bonsai never had a sequel. And, you know, you could argue that maybe it would be better. I, I would uh, argue that The Empire Strikes Back never had a sequel. Oh! oh. <laughs> um, I actually, I want to I come at this from a slightly different direction. Because I want to talk about the fact that the red electroid ship looks like a giant floating piece of space coral, right? Because it kind of is. It looks like space doo-doo. Um, like I mean, sure. I mean, it's right, like, but you <laughs> look at that ship, and you don't think, ship. Okay. Now, if there is one thing that Han Solo consistently screws up, <laughs> it is flying towards something thinking it's another thing. 
That's no moon. How could there possibly be a creature alive inside of this asteroid? It happens to him all the time. And I think that the red electroid ship would be just another example of this, uh, making the Millennium Falcon vulnerable to red electroid attack. It's okay, uh, Chewie. It's just some space coral. Uh, exactly. That's that's no moon. It's no creature. Uh, so you know what? I, I I've got to as much as I hate to, to vote against our, our favorite rogue. Uh, I, I've got to go with the uh, red electroid ship. Mm, I, I got to tell you, I'm really impressed. I this is probably the most uh, the closest we've had in terms of uh, combat. I would have never thought the Millennium Falcon would be so vulnerable to red electroids. So um, <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if you could tell us. From your perspective, Derek, who comes out on top on this one? Well, here's the thing. It's like we never said who was piloting the Falcon. And in my world, it's Lando Calrissian. Oh. <laughs> and Lando Calrissian does not fly into things willy-nilly. Lando Calrissian knows how to make a deal. Yeah, but then he would lose the Falcon in a poker game. <laughs> <laughs> not against guys that all name themselves John. It's not against the Falcon. They're pretty inept. <laughs> you, if you can't pick another name than John, you're pretty much screwed from the beginning. John Yaya. Pick a bootay. That's, uh, you know. John Smallberries. <laughs> okay. How many of you have actually seen Buckaroo Bonsai? Okay. Oh. Yeah. I, I How many w- of you are going to go home tomorrow and watch Buckaroo Bonsai? <laughs> Our job here is done. <laughs> Worth it. So I would say that Lando would basically cut a deal with them, and then they'd end up working at the Bespin Mines, and then they'd be able to save the planet 10. So I'm going with the Falcon. Mm, interesting. How do you do? My name is John Calrissian. You know, <laughs> come to think of it, Lando's guy in Bespin with the head thingy kind of looked like a red electroid. Yeah. <laughs> well, the gas mining business is really starting to pay off. Okay, <laughs> let's, um, let's poll our jury. Yeah, Falcon. Falcon. Red Electroids. Red Electroids, one and one. Red Electroids. It's two for the Red Electroids and one for the Millennium Falcon. Wow. Steve Melching. I think we've neglected to point out that the, as far as we can tell, the Red Electroid ship is completely unarmed and has no <laughs> shields of any kind. <laughs> Whereas the Millennium Falcon has two quad laser gun turrets quad and laser. concussion 360 missiles. degree rotation on those quads. When they work. When, when they work, <laughs> granted. That as a piece of coral can easily be affected by global warming. Um, but. So I got to go with the uh, with the Millennium Falcon. As much as I love uh, Buckaroo Banzai and the Electroids and okay. their jamming theme music. Personal opinions have no place here. This well, is all about <laughs> facts. Just the facts. Yeah. facts. Mr. Melting. <laughs> Ex- knowledge. Science. 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 Okay. We got two votes for the Millennium Falcon. Two votes. <laughs> I love these guys. Um, Darren Dockerman. I think that uh, even Han Solo would use the Holdo maneuver and go to light speed right in front of it and smash it to bits and not be affected at all. So he'd be fine. So, yeah, I got to go with the Falcon on this one. Got to go with the Falcon. So the Falcon leads by one vote. So now, Rob, 
And it's interesting because they're not women on either ship. So Rob doesn't have a dog in his hunt, so to speak. Um, <laughs> oh, <Au> contraire. <laughs> if you go with Lando Calrissian, you don't need a woman. <laughs> you can have a droid and still have a good time. So I'm going to go with the Falcon. Having trouble with your droid? Okay. <laughs> That's what she said. Good triumphs again. Wow. Wow, this really is science fiction. Just like in real life. (laughs) Even in the 80s. The good guys always win. Boy, the Megaforce humor goes over really big here. Um, (laughs) Okay. Go home and watch Megaforce. Once you watch Buckaroo Banzai, watch Megaforce. Okay. Mark, can we just give a round of applause to the audience for knowing Buckaroo Banzai? Yeah. Yeah. Well done. Even those of you who don't know it, thank you. Get there. Worth it. Okay. <laughs> How are we doing so far? We doing okay? Same as always. Same as it ever was. <laughs> that bad, huh? Oh. What do you think? All right. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. But that's that really that's it? Pretty good? It's all right? What do you think, Caden? I think it's interesting so far. Well, you guys, <laughs> okay. this is the future of the SmackDown. This is Caden uh, Ashley's son, yeah. who had a birthday yesterday, and not gonna have another one if he keeps talking like this. My son Isaac, who has seen Buckaroo Banzai, but I'm not impressed with your opinion so far. I know you're upset that we don't allow animated chips into the SmackDown because they're not real, but get over it. (laughs) Get over it. (laughs) I'm taking that Cad Bane back to the booth. Okay. We got... We're now an hour in. Representing... (laughs) Good. The NSEA Protector. Oh, Oh, goddammit. Yeah, baby. And representing evil, but of course, the ISS Enterprise. Wow. Your agonizer, please. The Enterprise from the Mirror Universe and a previous winner of the SmackDown, if I recall. Steve, you're the archivist. Am I mistaken? I believe it did win, and and the protector has also uh, triumphed. uh, Wow, so we have two two winners that are competing. Can evil make a comeback? We're about to find out. As I turn to Ashley Miller for this battle royale, the protector versus the ISS Enterprise. Um, boy. So on the protector, you have a bunch of actors who believe well, they don't really, but the rest of the crew believes they are the characters they played on the television show. Um, on the ISS Enterprise, we have the mirror counterparts to our characters from their television show. In both cases, we have alternate versions of characters from their television shows. So I think it comes down to, to two things. Number one, it's the, the ship construction. And I think, look, you know, the, you, you can put an eye in front of it, uh, but she's, she's still the Enterprise. I, I, I think that Neil deGrasse Tyson could stand right there and tell us why the ISS Enterprise was so beautiful, except he would be wearing, like, a vest. Um, <laughs> and he would have an agonizer. Uh, but what the ISS, really, ISS Enterprise really, really does have is mirror universe Spock. 
uh, and also a tantalus device. And I, and I think, you know, and if, if you don't know what that is, kids, you need to find out. But it's basically a television screen that kills you. Um, so I, I think given all of that, uh, the ISS Enterprise would ultimately prevail. Also, at some point, evil has to prevail in this thing or the next few rounds are going to suck. <laughs> Darren Doctorman, the ISS Enterprise, and, you know, I before E except after C. What does that even mean? I okay. don't know. Darren Doctorman. Look, this is, a, uh, this is a tough one because we have two very powerful starships put up against each other. Remember, we have the protector... And uh, I'm not, uh, I don't think this is the protector from the movie. This is the protector from the TV show in the early 80s. So it's real, okay? It's, <laughs> it's, there's not some actors on board. There's a very skilled and talented crew <coughs> dedicated to never giving up and never surrendering. Um, so what we have here is uh, the ISS Enterprise that is basically fueled on the illogic of waste. That's not a good thing. They will fail because their empire is illogical. And they don't have one man with a vision. They just have a lot of scared people who are ready to take agonizer blasts at any moment. And you can't, you can't rule an empire with pain. You have to include love. And what is loved more than the wonderful crew of the original Protector from Galaxy Quest, the TV series? Um, it's, uh, it, it's a magical thing because, of course, uh, the original Galaxy Quest was based uh, on trying to make a new Star Trek show that failed. So. It's, uh, it's related in that sort of genetic uh, level. Well, it's a good thing that they made a Galaxy Quest TV show because <laughs> if there had only been Galaxy Quest, the animated series, it wouldn't be real. That's right. <laughs> okay. Exactly. No, no, but, but let me just finish that the real NSCA protector does have the Omega-13. But no, we have the Omega-13. Yeah, but... Nobody has used it in yet. Can, in canon, they have the Omega-13, so they have the advantage. Even yeah. over the Tantalus device, which only kills one person at a time. So, there you we guys are. have been very strategic about using the, um, the uh, Omega-13. Steve Melching, what do you think? Well, Darren's making some compelling arguments. Uh, I've really been thinking back on the original, was it 78 episodes yeah. of the uh, Galaxy Quest television series from yeah. the early 80s? And, you know, we all, you know, I know at least uh, Mr. Burnett and Mr. Doctorman, uh, maybe some others on this panel, had collected the Laserdisc sets when they were coming out uh, in the 90s. Well, you know, Steve, we did a panel on the yeah. Galaxy Quest yeah. TV series. And, of course, there was that two-part episode, The Fires of Uranus, that was yeah. really yeah. a yeah. popular episode that we talked right. a lot about. It was kind of the best of both worlds of the Galaxy Quest who, TV series. Who could, who could forget that, that the last yeah. line of the finale, Commander Taggart, Uranus, it's on fire. Yeah. yeah. And one of my favorite episodes, Enemy Friend, Enemy Foe. Right. That was a really great one. Um, and, you know, Darren makes a compelling point. You know, Commander Taggart, he never gives up. No. He never surrenders. Indeed. Uh, you know, Dr. Lazarus always Dr. has Lazarus. a solution to even the, even the stickiest problem. Uh, Tech Sergeant Chen is always there to uh, keep the good ship uh, protector uh, running. 
Lots of brilliant spheres in, yeah. in the hold. And, uh, and then, of course, oh gosh, oh, am I dropping her name? Uh, um, Tawny. Tawny Madison, Tawny Madison, Madison of course. Yes. Uh, there to repeat whatever the computer tells them right. uh, so that the rest of the crew can, can understand what the ship Absolutely. is telling them. Uh, and you go up against a bunch of angry mirror universe people. Yeah, people who know. are frightened for their jobs. Yeah, they're not motivated. <laughs> They're not here to, to, to spread uh, love and, and compassion and knowledge no. to the universe. No. So I have to go, uh, I think I gotta go NSEA protector. Good, well this is probably a good time to announce my new book. <laughs> Star Quest, the complete oral history of the Galaxy Quest television series. Um, <laughs> it, it's more of a pamphlet, really. Um, Chris Gossett. Yes. What, what do you think? You got the Mirror Enterprise, up against the protector. You know, as much as I admire a good goatee with the, with the waxing and the sharpening and all that stuff, I gotta say, Tawny Madison and Grapthar's hammer, the spirit aboard that ship, they'd never give up, they'd never surrender. And if anybody from the mirror universe tried to get into the protector, they would have to go into the corridor with the burny, crushy, smashy part. The chompers. The chompers. And they would fail. They F would fail. that. Right? They would fail. So, protector. And I know Dr. Miller makes a great point. We're basically <laughs> running out of evil ships. <laughs> so, that's a drag. But, well, darn it, the protector. I just love it so. Clearly, in every revolution, there is one man with a vision. Um, so, Derek, what do you think? Well, in hearing everybody's arguments and stuff, um, I would say that in the, if it boiled down to just Commander Taggart versus the ISS Captain Kirk... These are two thespians, right? But only one is an actual thespian, right? And he actually has another partner that did 12 curtain calls. And so it's like he only has one level of emotion, Kurt, which is anger. And so I would say that Commander Tacker can act circles around Kirk. Oh, boy. <laughs> but, well, what about Dr. Lazarus versus Mira Spock? Oh, Dr. Lackers, hands down. Mirror Spock doesn't know how to act. He has one emotion. He Are has you no kidding? emotion. Mirror Spock, no wow. only acts. Mirror Spock continues to act like Mirror Spock so that he can, in fact, instigate his revolution. Mirror Spock may be the greatest point actor of order. In is he allowed to interject when I'm Why? trying to yes. make <laughs> I'll allow it. Like, yeah, you'll allow it. <laughs> okay. Sorry, go oh, ahead. No, 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 I, no, 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 that's it. But, you know, we're, we're going to measure it on acting. Robert, skills. yes, how many, how many shows has Mary Spock done? All of them. <laughs> we just haven't seen any of them. Yeah. We just haven't seen them. They're in the Mirror Universe. In okay. the Mirror Universe, how many Emmys has he won? Star Trek shows, and they're all on right now. <laughs> okay, order, order. We will have order here. Yep. Well, you know, the protector still represents the patriarchy. Ultimately, it's, it's male-oriented ship... Whereas on the ISS Enterprise, you have Marlena Moreau, mm -hmm. an ambitious career woman fighting her way up against a, a, vicious, a vicious universe. She has the tantalus field. She knows how to use it. She's the captain's woman, but she's going to be her own woman in a matter of minutes. She, she saves our own Captain Kirk at the end of the episode Mirror Mirror. And if you've read David Mack's Star Trek Mirror Universe duology, you would know that she ends up marrying Mira Spock and they revolutionize the universe. 
So I'm going to go with the ISS Enterprise, the future that it represents to an empire that is going to fall. The mark of a true space apologist is quoting so you Star go. Trek novels. Okay. <laughs> David Mack is here, by the way. This weekend, he was here. We're going to put this so to a vote. Star Trek Mirror Universe duology. <laughs> you realize why Marlena Moreau and the ISS Enterprise will destroy the Protector. And the Hawkins. Okay. Derek, your vote. You know what? <clears throat> I'm going to have to change my vote. I realized. Yes. I'm going to have to go with the... Uh, ISS because of the Tantalus device, because it's basically a Gen Z version of a video game where you basically turn on the TV and you just kill. <laughs> so the At Tantalus will, field is the it's, deciding factor in the... Um, yeah, because you know what else it can do? It can also cancel a show. It can cancel a <laughs> <the> show. <laughs> and it will just cancel the protector. Oh, the and galaxy. Then, so, just like Rob. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so I think I'm going to switch. I'm going to go to the ISS. Fantastic. Okay, that's, that's one right. for the ISS Enterprise. Come on in for the big Ashley, win. Ashley, uh, you know what? As, as Derek was speaking, I realized not only am I voting for the ISS Enterprise still, but the Tantalus device has a strategic use we hadn't even thought of. As, as long as you were able to monitor what was happening on the bridge of the protector, at strategic moments, you could use the Tantalus device to kill crew members just before they're about to execute in order. So say, for example, the protector is on a collision course with one thing or another, and just before they're going to make that really important turn, wah, 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 and the pilot goes away. They can't fire weapons because the weapons officer, wah, 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 goes away. Um, Dr. Lazarus says by grapha, wah, 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 wah. It's got to be the Enterprise. Okay, Rob Burnett, what about you? How do you vote? Uh, he just said. I did, the ISS Enterprise. <laughs> okay. Marlene Chris Moreau. Gossett, wait a second. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Omega-13 has been activated. Darren, how do you want to use it? Apparently, the Omega-13 has been actually activated on the protector. <laughs> and it's changed universes. Uh, dun, 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 dun. It, it is now the mirror protector. What? <laughs> so it has all the capabilities of the You're good protector. But so it also, was that from the episode Through the Looking Mirror? That's correct. And now everyone is evil and everyone has the will to kill. And yeah. they do. Because <laughs> the, uh, the mirror protector is the most beweaponed ship we have ever seen. They have huge, huge pointy guns. And they, they can they can does fling pointy they guns can, give it they an can advantage. Fling, yes it does. They can fling beryllium spheres they at have their opponents. Guns. And, and you know how horrible that uh, happens when you get hit by a beryllium sphere. This is not it's not good. What are you talking about? Cannon. I read David Mack's Galaxy Quest book. Yeah that that was that was in episode fifty three. Not canonical. So no, they have a lot of miners Dude, on board. You're making it up. I'm not. You're making, making it up. this up right now. How dare you? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a spaceshipologist. Damn it! How that dare mean you accuse me? Just make up your data. He went to school for minutes to get that degree. Any of these days, people just make stuff up. Yeah, just well, like you're making this up right now. This is academia online on Zoom over the pandemic, right. but you know it still counts. Okay. Adult continuing education, use it. <laughs> okay, you've heard what Darren says. So the ship is now the mirror protector versus the ISS Enterprise. The NSEville. Protector. He's made his case. 
Well, we're gonna find no. out. It's evil. It's, it's evil. evil. We have no, to it's evil, evil versus evil. 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 Pure evil from the eighth dimension. Dr. Lazarus um, now looks like Alan Rickman. Okay, I'm gonna come back I mean, to you, Rob. Snape. You heard Snape. what Darren said. Does this affect your vote? <laughs> ISS Enterprise or evil protector? Well, <clears throat> the ISS Enterprise doesn't have pointy guns. That's right. <laughs> Damn right it doesn't. Like I said, but they still have the device, and that device, as Ashley pointed out, is very easy. So anything. But it, it can only do, kill one person at a time. Well, yeah, you just kill the right yeah, person. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you kill the right person, <laughs> and then you wait, and that person dies, and then you move on to the next one. You kill that person. It's not like it resets every twenty-four hours. It's just right <laughs> after the other. So in a, try in that the, against a pointy gun. <laughs> <laughs> Just so saying. ISS Enterprise. Evil Taggart is history. Okay, yeah. that's one. Okay, now Ash. Uh, the uh, ISS Enterprise maintains the Tantalus device and Marlena Moreau and Mira Spock. So okay, that's I'm, two for ISS yeah. Enterprise. Closed well, minds. I love the idea of ISS Tony Madison. I do. So does Rob. So does Rob. Rob loves that. <laughs> loves that. Yeah, the protector, the evil protector. But we can't call it the protector. It has to be the ISS. The destroyer. Co- destroyer, yeah. right? It's the ISS destroyer. But it would have to be called the protector, otherwise it's not the mirror or anything. Damn it. Right? So now it's just we can the do mirror. It backwards. Rotect protect- top. Well, it's they're the just being un- ironic. protector. All right. It's the unprotector. I'm it's going the, the ironic protect- starship protector. protector. It's an evil ship, right? You can just call evil. it the Mar-a-Lago. Yeah. No? Okay. okay. Um. <laughs> In that case, I'm going with the, uh, yeah, whatever blows that up. Whatever blows up the Mar-a-Lago. And I'm going with the ISS protector. Unprotected. ISS what, what have you? protector. Un- <laughs> so you're not using protection. Well, I mean, <laughs> okay. write what you know. You. Okay, so we got three to one. Now we come to you, Stephen Melching. <laughs> Stephen Melching, it is your vote. <laughs> well, I think you're forgetting about you the dual-phase scrambler us. shields uh, that the NSEville uh, protector has that uh, would nullify any attempt by the Tantalus device yeah. to you are making reach that up. the neutronium How hull. And, you know, uh, uh, Dr. Lazarus, you know, by the sons of Orvan, <clears throat> you will be obliterated. Looking like Snape. They Look would fire uh, <clears throat> red proton beams, uh, uh, blue proton beams and quickly uh, make short work. They just make it as they want it to be. I don't understand. You know, 20 years we've all been friends. This could be it. I, you wanted to use this thing. Whoever wrote this episode should die. <laughs> they have. Through the looking mirror. Look it up. That's episode right. 53. Oh so my god. There are episodes of Discovery that are better than this. Uh, <laughs> no, there aren't. Uh, are, we, are we down to Rob? Seriously, as dedicated as those aliens were when they were good, imagine, imagine when they were evil. Steve Melching. He already, I voted he just said. Oh my he God. Protector. That's right. <laughs> Darren Dosterman. I stick with my judgment. You're sticking to your pointy guns. That's correct. <laughs> pointy guns. Okay. The evil protector. Okay. It protects evil. It's it protects three. Evil. evil protector. Three, three votes. Three. Three votes for the evil protector. Three for the ISS Enterprise. Comes that brings us to, to you, Rob Burnett, as the tiebreaker. Well, look, one of the things you, you, the, you, didn't, <laughs> you didn't take into consideration, Darren. <laughs> All right, math, fine. You, math you, want answer, my you want me to answer the question? Yes, no, 100%. We're yeah, just doing yeah. some math, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I'll <laughs> wait for the translation. <laughs> answer him now. All right, look, I'll, I, I will, I will Our degrees are in spatiology. I'm just going to say the ISS right. Enterprise. <laughs> That's Paleo. It. I'm not going to talk about You're not going to give us an explanation why? 
already gave you don't need an explanation to. why you you have a career a a, a a a woman a strong powerful woman whose whose career is on the uptick. She's taking it upon herself to to liberate. Are you saying Tony roommate? Madison is not a strong woman? I'm How saying she's you? less strong than say Marlena oh. Moreau is. That's what. As if she ever fought an alien. Have you seen Marlena Moreau's calves? I, I, I don't think that there's. I'm actually Facebook friends with Marlena Moreau in real life, so. So you should. I so this is security. Recuse. Recusing. Personal bias. This is an outrage. That's not it's part of the rules for this game. I, I think that the personal bias is completely balanced out by making crap up. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, I'm okay. not a writer. We got to move on. Got to move on. The victor is the USS Enterprise. Wait, ISS, ISS Enterprise. ISS Enterprise. Oh, no, no. ISS Enterprise. Oh, we're tied. No, we're tied. We're tied. Excuse me. <laughs> no, we had a tie, and Rob just broke it. Wait, I'm going to re-poll the jury. There's only six of us on the panel. Enterprise. 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 You know what? Enterprise. Protector. 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 Enterprise. Okay, we have a tie. You know what this reminds me of, Mark? This reminds me of John Wick's dog. You know, it's funny you mentioned that, Chris. They shot it. There's a new book coming out called They Shouldn't Have Killed His Dog about John Wick and the evil John Wick. Who has a goatee. Okay. Oh, what are we going to do? What do you want to say that's so important? You want to vote? Why do you get to vote? These people have been coming for 20 years. You've been here, what, three years? <laughs> he wasn't even born when we started this panel. You weren't even born he when wasn't we even started. wasn't even an idea. Right. <laughs> what? And I'll be dead long after it ends. Whoa. <laughs> wow. Wow. Mirror yeah, universe, that, Isaac. The, the son had become <laughs> the father. I'm going to be like Dan Bever when the, when the uh, Star Destroyer lost to the Enterprise and he went running out like that a baby. That was the greatest moment ever, though. Okay, talk, talk quick. Protector. Yes! Okay, that doesn't count. <laughs> That's right, Isaac. Oh, did, what, ISS Enterprise. That doesn't count. Oh, you cancel each other out. <laughs> Good boy. Another tie. We gotta, you don't we have gotta to resolve this, Mark. We gotta resolve this. We're running out of time. Tomorrow. Okay, okay, okay. We must have order. Yeah, we do. Okay. So, it's a tie. Do we go to the audience? Do we yes, let Marianne we break it? Or do we um, put we them to... both into the company? Oh, both yeah. advance them both. Go to oh, the audience. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna go to the audience. But we've already heard from Isaac and Kate, so you can't vote. Okay. Everyone who thinks it should be the evil protector signified by raising your hands and applauding. Screaming is not applauding, sir. Okay. Everyone who thinks it should be the evil enterprise, the ISS enterprise, raise your hands and signal by applauding. All right. <laughs> the ISS is having. The ISN Enterprise wins <laughs> by a lot hands. less of a margin than it should have. <laughs> okay, the Enterprise goes forward. I accept that because I am a true spaceshipologist, and I only go by facts. Okay. <laughs> facts Our next... are stupid things. Marion, let me know when you're ready. You made okay. up half the shit on the, the, the next good ship. It is. You made it up. The next good... Those aren't facts. 
He'll talk to you after the panel, if he talks to you again. Okay, the good, next good ship is the Orville. The Orville. Oh. But it's not the spaceship Orville, it's the original flight by um, the Wright brothers. No, 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 it's the Orville. It's a little joke. Okay. Um, Extremely little, Ensign. <laughs> versus from Buck Rogers to Draconia. Ooh. The Draconia from Buck Rogers in the 25th century. Wow, so we have a pooper scooper versus a bathtub toy. <laughs> All right. Yeah, but well, Pamela Hensley's in the bathtub, man. Yeah, dude. <laughs> this time I'm going to start with Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett. <laughs> have you seen the captain of the Draconia? Woo! Princess Sardala? It wins! <laughs> That's your argument. Yeah. Is there another one to be made? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Darren Dockerman. Well, I think that the, uh, the captain of the Orville is at least as pretty as she is. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think so. I, I, I would go with the, uh, the draconian marauder. Steve Melching, this is a surprise. There's oh. two votes for the Draconian Marauder. The Draconian, the Draconia. The right. Draconia, excuse Draconia. me. Right. Of okay. course, made its debut in cinemas, in the motion pictures. Yes, it That's did. true. That is true. Far so beyond it, the world we know. know. Far beyond our time. Yep. Who am I? What am I? Going to see. And that I song was sung by the late great Kip Lennon. <laughs> not John Lennon, Kip Lennon. Okay. And let's not forget that Ardala, of course, also had a, a Tiger Man. Tigerman? A Panther Man. Pantherman. She was also a centerfold. A centerfold. Angel is a centerfold. She was also in Rollerball. Uh, that's actually a Draconian Marauder. We need just the Draconia. So the Draconia is the big ship. Yeah, yeah that's, 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 that's a hatch, that's a fighter. Hatchet AKA fighter. hatchet fighter, uh, which uh, the Draconia had uh, squadrons, squadrons on board. Squadrons. squadrons. Uh, that so could many. be deployed. And the Orville uh, got like what? One new ship this season? I one new know. fighter? I don't Haven't even used it. Don't even know if it works. <laughs> And, and just look at how pointy that ship was. I mean, the Orville is just so it's, smooth, it's smooth and round. It's so soft and shapeless. <laughs> but the Taconia isn't soft. <laughs> it's pointy. Okay. Chris Gossett. We're talking the Orville. Run by a family guy. Right. <laughs> versus the Draconian Marauder. It's yeah, not the Draconian no, that's, Marauder. That's the Marauder. That's wrong. It's not that's, the Draconian. that's a hatchet fire. The that's photo you put up on there. <clears throat> the Draconian itself. For the sake of time and all of your lack of comedic ability, I'm just going to make this quick. Uh, Draconia. <clears throat> all right. <laughs> Ashley Miller. Look. Thoughts. Uh, I think Rob's already come up with the, the most important arguments. Um, but I would add that, uh, look, I like vanilla as much as the next guy, but I got to go with the Draconia. Wow, I'm really surprised. Uh, Derek, maybe you can elucidate why, um, obviously, they're failing to, you know, Buck Rogers was humorless. Well, maybe. But Orville was, is full of humor. Yep. And uh, maybe you can make a case for why the Orville would defeat the Draconia. Longevity. 
<laughs> it's like Orville not only had two seasons, but then everybody thought it was canceled. But then it, like the Phoenix of like old. Rob, just like Family sprung, Guy. It, it, it sprung back on Hulu for two more seasons. <laughs> and it also there has go. Commander there Grayson. Is. There it is. Draconia. There's Draconia. Uh, oh, wait, we got to put, put her on screen. I always wanted to say that. Put, put her, her on, on screen. screen. On screen. See, we can see it, but you can't. Only little kids can see it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Harvey, the white rabbit. See okay. that shows. Only the little yeah. kids so can see it. How many episodes per season is the Orville? Mm. Five or six. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. yep. so when Buck Rogers came out, it ran two seasons. How many episodes total? 24. Like, so, yeah, there's at least 44 episodes. Yeah, but how many Rogers. episodes of that ship was in there? <laughs> Orville, Irrelevant. every episode, you see the Orville. That's why it's called the Orville. Well, if it we wasn't were, called the Draconia. If, if, we, were, if, it if wasn't we were going to base our arguments. Tune in every Friday night for the Draconia. It was not that. It well, was Buck Rogers. We, we could, we could right? end the, the SmackDown now based on the number of episodes just by saying number of appearances, the original Enterprise. Like, we're just done. Have a great Comic Con. They'd probably be thankful for that. Yeah, I mean, you're, I know. It's like, <laughs> I was going to say, your points. Yeah, we're done. Okay. Just like a pointy gun, your points. Damn it. I just logicked us out of the SmackDown. <laughs> At last. Steve, let's face it. I mean, the Draconia was almost destroyed by Julie Newmar and Sid Haig. So couldn't <laughs> Don't you think that uh, that wonderful cast of the Orville and, uh, would, would have some luck destroying the Draconia? No. No. <laughs> yeah. That's a jar of pickles too tough for the Orville. Wow. So once again, I, I think evil is making a, some call it a comeback because evil is coming back. Don't Let's see if everybody here for holds to the vote. Orville. Don't, Orville. Orville. Testine. Um, whatever your name is. Ashley. <laughs> wow. Draconia. I, too, vote Draconia. Yes, because remember, we watched it every Friday night. Two for the Draconia, one for the Orville. Steve Melching. Even the name inspires fear. Draconia. 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 It means Dragonia. (laughs) (laughs) Darren Dockman. Draconia. And Rob Burnett. Oh, you know what I have to say. Oh, yeah, we know. <laughs> okay. Hey, nice job. No, Y'all the fools. Evil. Nice discretion there, Draconia. Rob. Draconia. You like so, that? I like that. Draconia goes on. Now, that I would call an upset. I would call that an upset. I'm a little surprised. I'm not upset at all. <laughs> I'm a little surprised to see the, the Orville go down so easily. To um, I would say five of us are not. To Draconia. <laughs> uh, apparently not. And that's why you're the spaceshipologists. Okay. Next, we have. Oh, aren't we done? No. It's done. still going, one. Darren. It's, it's never still going. Ending. I got that's more ships. One. I got more ships. Guys, we're still so we, wrapping we the 2019 than, show. What are you talking about? We need. We're in round two now. Yes, it's round two. <laughs> no, no, we got, we got, I got more. No, Mark. I know. I hear you. Okay, we got. Are we going till five o'clock? We got the space battleship Yamoto. Yes, yes. Easy. <laughs> versus I'm an Im- wake everybody up. <laughs> versus an Imperial Star Destroyer. Yeah. Oh boy. Wow. Okay. Well, Rob, we all want to hear you sing the song, so I guess we'll let you start. I won't sing it, but I just want to point out that the space battleship Yamato does, in fact, have a theme song. A badass theme song. The Star Destroyer does not. Yes, it does. The Star Destroyer. No, no. 
No, it doesn't. Yeah. Just not. Doesn't have a theme song that's actually talking about it. There's that's no right. like. Nobody wrote an ode to our star destroyer. Our star destroyer. You know what? You know why? Because that would be stupid. <laughs> star, star, star destroyer. Look. <laughs> The space battleship Yamato, or the Argo, for those of you who watch Star Blazers, exists because a hot alien princess sent Earth the technology to build Princess Starsha of Iskandar, sent Earth the technology to build the wave motion engine and to build the wave motion gun so they could get to Iskandar to save the Earth. Remember this. What does a Star Destroyer have? A bunch of priggish British dudes and clones. That's it. <laughs> That's so fun. They don't know any princesses. Oh, except one. <laughs> She's not on their team. Okay, well, you know, what does the Yamato have on it? A lot of coral growing under, under the Pacific, and we know how coral did in the last round. Um, Darren Dockterman. As much as I enjoy the story of the space battleship Yamato and the wave motion gun and all that crap, um, remember the shape of the Imperial cruiser, the Star Destroyer, as we later learned was its name, is very pointy. <laughs> and it has no effect from the wave motion gun. The wave goes right past it because it just cuts right through it. Dude, the Kuwait shipyards don't even have girls there. The, uh, the engine I'm not talking about girls, Queen dude. Queen Starsha. My God, man, we're talking about Universal Armageddon. That's right. And that's why I think that your little space battleship would not stand a chance against the might of the Galactic Empire via their Star Destroyer. Those ships even bump into each other. They're lame. <laughs> but they got a really cool klaxon that goes off. <laughs> My dog makes that noise when she's horking something up. It's... Um... <laughs> It's really unsettling and cool at the same time. Steve? Well, I, I think, as we all know, the battleship Yamato is a formidable battleship. Uh, it has, has its own squadron of fighters. It has uh, the, not only the wave motion gun, but a full complement of, uh, of uh, laser uh, uh, turrets. Uh, laser plus. turrets? <laughs> Uh, uh, gosh, what were they called? What were the specific name for those things? Shot cannons. Shot cannons. Thank you. And they're pointy. <laughs> they are. In addition to the anti-aircraft uh, batteries on either side of the conning tower, it is a formidable ship that can uh, enter. There it is. Yeah, can enter a space wait, war. Wait, wait, wait I, call, I call a foul. Yeah. We're showing the animated version. The only reason that this ship is eligible is because I there was a live action it's a movie. Battleship I, Yamato movie that makes yeah. it eligible. That animated uh, ship I, does not count, does not, not count. <laughs> I mean, it took years to allow the space battleship Yamato to even fight in this competition. That's Because right. it wasn't real until 2010 when it became real. <laughs> Being Pinocchio, animated. But different. I mean, since 1974, it wasn't real. You know, and consider, of course, the captain of the space battleship Yamato, uh, Avatar uh, and Star Blazers, or Akita in the, uh, in the original. Or... He has a hat. He and he kept hat. coming and back from dead. Yeah. And his capable first officer, Kodai, or uh, Wildstar. Wildstar! 
And what is what is you know what does the Star Destroyer have? Captain Nita? Really? Yeah. Not for yeah, not for <laughs> <very> long. <laughs> Chris Gossett, what do you think? We got we got the Yamato versus a Star Destroyer. Yeah. Rob said the Star Destroyer doesn't have as good music. Oh no, it doesn't. And you know, <laughs> if the Empire wanted the Star Destroyer to be able to defeat a ship like the Yamato, it shouldn't have put its shield generators on balloons on its head. <laughs> Balloon head shield generators are not going to stand up against the beautiful might of the Yamato. I vote for the Yamato. Okay. Ashley Miller. And Um, I I remind you, you you do have, other than Darren, everyone has the (laughs) Omega-13 in their quiver still. In in every dimension of this fight, the Yamato outclasses that Star Destroyer. Um, You want to send the TIE Fighters? Awesome. Um, the uh, Yamato can meet it with its own fighters and has its own anti-aircraft <clears throat> batteries. Uh, you want to, you know, unload, like, whatever the hell it is that Imperial Star Destroyers, like, plink at Rebel Blockade Runners <laughs> with? Okay, awesome. Not only is the Wave Motion Gun capable of destroying a planet, on, uh, not unlike the Death Star, uh, the Wave Motion Gun can also be used as a shielding system the Yamato survived uh, an, a, an attack of an entire fleet of Gamelon ships, ran the gauntlet, destroyed most of them, uh, and still accomplished the mission. Um, the, uh, the, the Yamato is just, a, my God, on every level. It, you mentioned Captain Avatar, Derek Wildstar. He's got, you've got We're never the best and the brightest. Man. And more than that, you have something else. Sure we are. If there is any <laughs> ship in the history of science fiction that embodies the idea of hope. Desperate people willing to do anything to win, to survive, to save their families. It is the crew Much of like the this Yamato. panel. <laughs> uh, and also, yeah, that theme song is, is, uh, is way better. So, all right, let's go. I'm done. Imperial Star Destroyer. But rebellions are about hope. Yeah. Derek? Yeah, I'm gonna say the same thing that, um, and on top of that, they have, uh, the Yamato has an awesome fighter pilot. Name is Susumo Kodai, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Derek Wildstar. And um, who, the, who does the Imperial Star Destroyers have? They have clones that don't even get names. <laughs> yes, Stormtroopers like are not clones. <laughs> That's right. They're, no, they're, they're actually are. less effective than the clones. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that save. Um, <laughs> they just needed a job. Come on. <laughs> yeah, but like, like I said, the wave motion gun punched through entire fleet of Gamelon fighters. Like, just a single Star Destroyer is just going to get split in half, and they'll call it a day. They won't even, they won't even stop to admire the wreckage because they have to save the Earth. I'm so and disappointed. So, <laughs> Maybe you should Star, just sink the Star know, Destroyer underneath the Pacific <laughs> and put it up in space, and then you'll like it. Come on. <laughs> so Jeez. we're going to go with the Yamato. Oh, man, this is just... I want to use the Omega-13. Uh, <laughs> it is, it okay. is forbidden. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pulse up one for Yamato, two for two Yamato. Yamato, three Yamato, four. Five. Steve? Yamato. Yamato. You wrote for Rebels! <laughs> you wrote for the Clone Wars! So I think he knows better, doesn't he? Indeed. You have checks that, that, that didn't bounce from yeah, Lucasfilm. Yeah, inspired to write for Rebels by, by Space Battleship Yamato. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Darren Dockerman. Star Destroyer. <laughs> Rob Burnett. Yamato. The winner is Yamato. You say Yamato. 
I say Yamato. How soon are you available to take over this panel in the future? I've been asking you this for years. Okay. Okay, I'll be in touch. I have your number. Jeez, man. Okay. Are we done with round one yet? We're about to. This is the last of round one. No, how? It's 423. Are you ready? Finish this. How do we always do this? The ELO mothership. Versus, oh, the most evil ship I could possibly imagine. They brought us, we built this city on rock and roll, the Jefferson Starship. <laughs> True evil. Let's make this one quick, Rob Burnett. Well, the Jefferson Starship used to be an airplane, and the ELO, <laughs> the ELO mothership was always a mothership, so I'm going to go. No, it was also a Simon game. Well, that's true. <laughs> I'm going to go with the ELO mothership. And it also has a, a, a fighter or a sure. secondary ship. So that's one vote for the um, ELO mothership, Darren Dogsman. I have to go with the Jefferson Starship because it is also part of the Star Wars universe. Yes. So oh, that's right. <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the holiday special, ELO exists. Or, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Jefferson Starship exists. So... That gets my vote. But they were never good when they were a starship. They were only good when they were an airplane. <laughs> That's a deep cut. You're just, you're not right. You're not right. I, I, you know, your right. passion on the, the, you know, the holiday special is still better than the sequels. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> you're not Steve, wrong. Steve, Steve, Steve Melching. Marconi plays the mambo. <laughs> Listen to the radio. Don't you remember? It's uh, Jefferson Starship uh, is uh, clearly defeat an electric light orchestra. That's right. You don't like, you're not a blue skies kind of guy, are you? <laughs> okay. Um, so that's two for Jefferson Starship, one for the ELO mothership, Mr. <coughs> Christian Gossett. The Jefferson Starship would go up against that beautiful, beautifully lit ELO mothership and turn to stone. <laughs> ELO Mothership. Okay, that's two for the ELO Mothership, two for Jefferson Starship. Darren Doctor. I'm <laughs> <laughs> you have one job. <laughs> Ashley, Ashley Edward Miller. Ashley Edward. Ashley Edward Miller. It says it right there. I see. Wow. Do you know every time you miss a name, Mark, it reminds me of John Wick's dog. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Chris. <laughs> 20 years! Okay. It's showing. We're getting too old for this ship. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Don't bring me down, Bruce, but... <laughs> <laughs> Risk is our business. That's what Jefferson Starship is about. So I'm going to go with uh, Jefferson Starship. <clears throat> All right. Okay. And Derek, so right now, Jefferson Starship has three. ELO has two. You can tie it up and send it to the audience, or you can decide it right here and now. I'm going to decide it right here and now. Jefferson Starship. Jefferson All Starship. Right. <laughs> None of you even own okay. the Jefferson Starship. You're right. That is a Simon <laughs> so game. If you could put the good. Oh, there's a dragon. And... Okay. So He's now got... we go to the next round. This is the round where we pick the. What? <laughs> <laughs> but the Jefferson Starship isn't? No, it's not. They're both paintings. 
The Jefferson Starship was in the holiday special. What more do we now need to know? <laughs> Real. But I appreciate the attempt. Um, thank, thank you I very much. It was a lot better than his nonsense um, about books and things, Galaxy Quest, evil protectors. I don't know. So do we You're have not the a captains? true fan. Do we have the captain, sir? Yes. Oh, are we ready for that now? We are. We're ready for the captains. Is the con still going? <laughs> Wait, which one? I no, think everyone's it, just left. We're the only it's been four left. years since the last yeah, con. They locked us in. Oh, okay. Remember how our okay, big great. plan was that doing it this way, we would get through it so much faster? <laughs> you can't change that. the laws of physics. Okay. These are the good captains. Captain, captain. Oh only the captain. good captains die young. Good captains. Here we go. So, we have captaining the Enterprise, the 1701 Enterprise. It is Captain William Buck Rogers. Captain William <laughs> Buck Rogers. All right. That's some white privilege. <laughs> Thank you, over there. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Captaining the the Battlestar Galactic seventy eight, Captain Fantastic. <laughs> he got big sunglasses. You can't blind him. You know, it's like in, in the you know the, the probe in Star Trek the Motion Picture. You won't have a problem. Okay, we have Captain Million Falcon. James Tiberius Kirk. Oh, unstoppable. Interesting. Completely unstoppable. Unstoppable. Kirk and the Falcon, forget it. It's over. And do we have another good ship? Uh, the Yamato. The Yamato. It's real. Captained by... Lando Calrissian. <laughs> Catherine, Captain, Catherine Janeway. Oh, God damn it. Wow. Also good. Oh. <laughs> Janeway. There'll be plenty of coffee on board that ship when she's done. Release the wave motion. <laughs> okay, and now we're on to the bed. Oh, we got one more good ship. Okay, captain by captain of industry, Albert S. Ruddy, the producer of The Godfather. <laughs> what? <laughs> because Al Ruddy makes things happen. Al okay. Ruddy. Ruddy! Where are my evil ships? We need Ruddy on the bridge right now. <laughs> oh my God, I lost the evil ship. Oh, here they are. What okay. the? Here they are. Okay. Here we go. What are evil ships? You have the ISS Enterprise and the Draconia. The ISS Enterprise and Draconia, captained by Michael Scott. <laughs> <laughs> because he was the captain of the party boat. Wait. And he's also captain in Threat Level Midnight. <laughs> threat Level Midnight. Okay, oh, what's our next ship? Draconia. So Draconia, captained by none other than Captain Khan Noonien Singh. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, wow. That's a nice fit. That's a nice fit. I like that. Aesthetically. There is only one. There's Come only on. one. <laughs> there's a Doctor Strange and there's a Khan. Okay. Sling ring! Oh, that's it? Yeah. So hey. Biff Tannen has nowhere to go. Nope. <laughs> Captain Piat has nowhere to go. Nope. Poor guys. 
Is Al Ruddy really in command of the ELO starship? No, no, ELO oh, starship got beat. Yeah, it's it, Jefferson it should be starship. the Jefferson starship. Should we replace the Jefferson starship? Should we yeah, replace the ELO up yeah. there? Should, no. should, it's no. Jefferson starship. Oh, right, Jefferson, Jefferson starship, starship one. Jefferson starship needs an evil captain. Okay. Who is this evil captain? Well, we already picked it. It's Al Ruddy. Oh. Al Ruddy. Biff Tannen. Let's go with Biff Tannen. We have 15 minutes. Yeah, we got <laughs> a screen door on a starship. <laughs> Biff Tannen. <laughs> Head desk. Yes. Now, Literally. this is to determine if good defeats evil. And what we're going to try and do is narrow it down. It's going to be a battle royale. A battle royale. So we got the Enterprise come by William Buck Rogers versus the Battlestar Galactica. Captain Fantastic in this lightning round. So I'm going to start with Robert Meyer Burnett. <coughs> yes. You have Captain William Buck Rogers on board the bridge of the 1701 Enterprise fighting against Captain Fantastic on the bridge of the Galactic in 1978. No contest. Well, I mean, you know, William Buck Rogers uh, from Chicago. The South Side. Yeah, and, Chicago uh, is a totally different band from Jefferson Starship. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, I, I think that that alone, you know, Captain Fantastic's a Brit. Yeah. What do they know? <laughs> Darren Doctor. That's the Chicago way. But does he have the brown dirt cowboy with Darren him? Darren Doctor, you got Captain Buck That's Rogers on the bridge of the Enterprise versus Captain Fantastic singing the blues on the Galactica 78. I would, I would have to go with the might of the Starship Enterprise and Captain Buck Rogers because it's, it's the truth. It's what would happen. I can't battle the truth. You can't handle the truth. No. Steve, <laughs> Steve Melching. Captain Fantastic may be a rocket man, but he's no Captain William Buck Rogers. And, you know, this is a military man, uh, a football champion, uh, from the past, is able to use his uh, his uh, Earth wiles to uh, outmaneuver the uh, rock star and the Battlestar Galactica. So I got to go with. Plus, that. he has a robot friend yes. in the shape of a penis. Bitty, bitty, bitty. <laughs> Look, this is such that a pointless exercise. Indeed, <laughs> it is. We all know it is. Okay. Bitty, bitty, bitty. Chris, uh, the power of Mel Blanc voicing the the great robot Tweaky. And Buck Rogers on the Enterprise are going to defeat. Uh, yeah, and plus Buck Rogers. Let's face it, he got some swinging hips. <laughs> Buck Rogers can do some disco dancing. Mr. Fantastic, he's going to do that stiff British dancing. It's not going to work out. So going with the Enterprise. That's uh, Ashley Miller. Fantastic. It seems to be a route, you know. But you, you, you always have the chance to flip the scripts. Is that something you're interested in making a case for the Galactica 78 versus? Beedy, beedy, beedy. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, Derek? Captain Fantastic ain't so fantastic in this round. So. <laughs> <laughs> He's going down the yellow brick road. <clears throat> Sincere apologies to any Anglo people living in the. <laughs> in the <laughs> we really do like England. We're sorry. Okay, now this. Saturday now night's this, not all right for fighting. Now this next one. This next one requires all your skills, <laughs> all your knowledge, all your ability, because <clears throat> this is serious stuff. This is. A, this is not an easy layup. This is a challenge. This is James T. Kirk in command of the Millennium Falcon <laughs> versus Michael Scott in command of the ISS Enterprise. Yeah. <laughs> Derek, if you'll start us off. Um, From the office. 
I'm about to go with ISS Enterprise because Michael Scott will be messing around with the templates device and he will just accidentally kill. (laughs) 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 You're exactly right. (laughs) Wow, I didn't see that one coming. But so true. (laughs) Ashley Miller. Uh, That was like crane technique. There's no defense. No, that that is exactly what would happen. Uh, So I I can't believe I'm saying this. Michael Scott on the ISS Enterprise. I I don't understand. He's like, look at the thing. He sees himself and it's like, oh, my TV. What's the fun do? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Chris. I'm just going to bandwagon on Michael Scott. <laughs> yes, okay, Scott, bandwagon. This was funny when he <laughs> said Hashtag bandwagon. But right now, I want to point out, I want to point out Steve Melching. Captain Kirk is getting his butt kicked on the Millennium Falcon <laughs> by Michael Scott of Thunder Mifflin. It's not even Rain Wilson. Come on. It's, he at least had experience on the protector. And the Battlestar Galactica. I, I got four words for you, Mark. That's what she said. <laughs> That's what she said. Oh, come on, guys. (laughs) You should all recuse yourself. This court is a mockery of a sham of a mockery. Darren Docterman, please, the voice of reason. (laughs) Look, we all love the Millennium Falcon, and we all love Captain Kirk. Unfortunately, (laughs) without the Enterprise, Captain Kirk doesn't do really well. And the Falcon is a piece of junk that barely works, ever. Uh, And when it does, it just runs away. So I gotta go with Michael Scott on the ISS Enterprise. Could go all did, did I did I did I confuse you somehow? Did, did you think maybe it's Paul Wesley on the uh, on the on the ship on the, uh, and not? On the Millennium Falcon and not Shatner? Come you on. Are, you, are being, you are being too emotional, Mark. Talk some sense into them. Your passions well, when, will when, be your undoing. When the office was new, Michael Scott might have gotten away with the things he got away with. But as we know from the second episode of The Office, Diversity Day, if you remember that, if that happened today, HR would have removed him from any position that he was in. But in the mirror universe? The, the ship's the mirror universe. It's not mirror Michael Scott. Well, if HR were in command of the Millennium Falcon, then they'd have a chance. But they're not. Well, okay. apparently you're not as... Rob, if you can't convince them, this is done. Kirk is, is done. Kirk you know and the... Give me that. Give me that. Kirk. Here we go. Oh! Here we go. Are you going to replace He's Captain Kirk with HR? That's what's about to happen. Oh, no. Did you switch it to record? You know what, Rob? It happens Uh-oh, to everybody no. at your age. <laughs> it's not working. It doesn't work. It's not working. The Omega-13 isn't working. <laughs> so Omega-13 likes Michael Scott on the ASS Enterprise. Computer? <laughs> it's just a toy. It only does work once. Hey, ma- hey, hey, son. How was the con? I just watched a bunch of... <laughs> there we are. Oh, it's working. It's Thank God. It didn't work for me. I just guess I don't get to no, use it. No, you get to do it. Yeah. I'm doing it. I don't know what happens. <laughs> well, you better. That's the point. I have no idea. Oh HR takes over you know the what? Millennium Falcon. You know what? Here's what happened. <laughs> when I used the Omega-13, it turned into the USS Enterprise, and Kirk was suddenly in command. 
But the USS Enterprise is... No, we already have an Enterprise, though. Captain Buck I, Rogers. Not, I didn't say... I mean, I, I, I just pressed the button. That's what happened. <laughs> You're just recklessly pressing Do you buttons. have any idea how this thing works, Rob? No! You don't All I know is that the Enterprise, the ISS Enterprise, turned into the USS Enterprise and Kirk is in command. We have and six Michael, minutes left. And Michael Scott's on the Falcon. My God, it's full of stars. That's what happened. I just hit the button. James T. Kirk button. is now in command of the, dis the Discovery from 2001. What? 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 Oh, you just That's pulled that random? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it worked. I don't think the Omega-13 should work in this at this round. Yeah. It's too late. Wow, too late. I didn't get, you know, way to change the rules on me. <laughs> <laughs> Not everybody knows your rules. You know what? You know who else changes the rules? Captain Kirk. That's right. So Mark is just following a great tradition that you were trying to venerate, and you dishonor Captain Kirk by criticizing okay, Rob, Mark for changing the rules. Okay, you use the Omega-13. Captain Kirk can beam off the ship before it's destroyed, like he did in Star Trek III, God help us, and go to another ship. Where he, what ship do you want Captain Kirk Wait, to beam to? I don't Jefferson follow. Starship. Yes. Yeah. No, you know what? Let's, Mr. Just, Tambourine let's Man. just face it. Michael Scott won this round. Okay. Kirk lost. Let's face it. <laughs> Michael Scott has finally won at something. Okay. <laughs> Good for Michael Scott. Okay, and now we have. Right. One of them must have gotten a bottle. Oh, okay. It's a three way battle between My Captain goodness. Janeway on the Yamato. Versus Khan Noonien Singh on the Draconia versus Biff Tannen on the Jefferson Starship. <laughs> Derek, I'm going to start with you. We're running out of time. We're almost done. Stay with us because yeah, we're going to be already. making our final winner in just a second. Go ahead. Well, of the, of, we're narrowing it down to our final, our final two ships. So, Michael, you got Wait. Khan on the Draconia, uh, Captain Janeway on the Amato, yeah. and Biff Tannen on the Jefferson Starship. Mr. Chicote. I thought it was Al Ruddy on the Jefferson Starship. What happened? <laughs> I would just say, Mr. Chicote, fire the wave motion gun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's one for the Yamato. Ashley Miller. Oh, for the love of... Uh, look, the, the Yamato's mission was to go to a distant star, pick something up, and come back home. Janeway's mission was to try to find her way home. That was it, that was all she had to do. The, the Yamato did that in 365 days, Starforce, and I, I, I don't know if she's fit to command the Yamato, but I have to imagine that the crew of the Yamato is, is there, uh, they know their jobs, they know where Earth is, um, and uh, I think it's Janeway on the Yamato. Okay, Yamato. If she learns how to speak Japanese. Chris, as, as I really universal think so. translator, my dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe there's something like that in the uh, Yamato universe. But Janeway has one in It's called subtitles. You know, yeah, Mark, right. it's called subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> there are localization teams who do the job of the universal translator, my friend. Okay, Chris Gossett. As, as much as the crew of the Draconia would have appreciated Khan bringing in the rich Corinthian leather to redo the ship. <laughs> Completely. Um, and uh, that would not have worked, really, because also they would have been destroyed by Biff Tannen and Grace Slick fighting on board the Jefferson Starship. They would have just destroyed them, and then the Yamato would have taken out the, uh, the Detrius. So it's the Yamato. Steve Melcher. Plus, the Yamato looks like a great white shark, okay? 
I mean, Shark Week. Shark Week. Shark Week. <laughs> Mr. Chakotay, Shark Week. I'm, I'm hearing arguments that don't hold water. So I wonder if you can really focus and Neither get in the on Yamada. this. Captain Janeway on the Yamada, but we also have, a, a, he'll chase you around the moons of Nibia, Khan, Nooney, and Singh, and that's pretty far, that, those moons. And then you got Biff Tannen. Let's not forget Perdition's who, Flames. Who, who has the, the sports almanac, so he can figure out. I don't know what he can figure Biff's, out. Yeah, but, you know, if Biff Yamato mangled. was playing basketball. What are you looking at, butthead? Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, Biff was a, he was a bully. He's a big guy, but, you know, Khan is friggin' ripped, you know. Uh, and he's a, Khan is a, a, a genetically superior uh, design warrior and, uh, on, on, in command of a horribly beweaponed starship. So I got to go Khan and Draconia for this round. Okay. Okay, making a. He demonstrates this. Darren Doctorman. We got. Uh, Against Jane all my better judgment. Con on the Draconia. I, I know what we have. <laughs> <laughs> Against my better judgment, I got to vote for Janeway on the Yamato. What? <laughs> yes! This is it's insanity. Just, it's just logical. Here, here. Here, here. And obviously, Rob, I think we know what we can expect from you, but tell us. Well, I mean, the, the, the Yamato's first voyage was a year of hell. And if there's someone who understands what a year of hell, a year of hell is like, it's Captain Janeway. So when she was put in command, she was more than capable of understanding what she needed to do to win. And she does. Okay. Well, that's a very persuasive argument. I'm gonna change, this is uh, the way it's going to work. Yeah. This is the way it's going to work. We have three ships. Each panelist gets 30 seconds to make their case. And then the decision goes to you and you and you. So I'm going to remind you of what the three ships are. We have Captain William Buck Rogers... A man at a time on board the Enterprise 1701. We got Michael Scott on board the ISS Enterprise, the commonly known as the Mirror Enterprise. And finally, our third ship is Captain Janeway in command of the Yamato. We so, have a 66% chance that an Enterprise will win. We have two, <laughs> we have two ships representing good, one ship representing evil. Will good triumph over evil? Only you can tell us. <laughs> Derek, what do you recommend this fine group of honorary <laughs> spaceshipologists should pick? Honorary? <laughs> I worked hard for my spaceshipologist you know, degree. I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about them. Oh, right. <laughs> Reflective okay. of the real world, I would have to say that the one superpower that no one has up there that can match is that's unparalleled is Michael Scott's stupidity. <laughs> 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 and I think that both Janeway and Buck Rogers would underestimate that stupidity. And somehow Michael Scott, I don't know exactly how, but in a Michael Scott way, in, an, in, a, in a very office episode... <laughs> <laughs> it would be the ISS Enterprise would defeat both of them. He's turning the threat level up to midnight. <laughs> <Yes>. Okay. <laughs> so, um, Ashley Miller. Okay, stay with me here. We're going to need a flow chart. All right. So, let's kind of, let's, let's break this down. <laughs> Captain Janeway, experienced Starfleet captain. She knows how things work on a starship. She is in command of the Yamto, which I think we've established as a fairly powerful vessel. Now, up against her is a man out of time. 
Captain William Buck Rogers, not Khan. Uh, he is in command of a very powerful ship himself, but he doesn't understand her. And in fact, he comes from a time where he would have been guilty of two-dimensional thinking. He also wouldn't have understood um, that you could access the, uh, the codes on the Enterprise and lower her shields the way that Janeway would understand. So Janeway would lower the shields on the Enterprise. Uh, they would open fire, they would destroy her, it would be very sad, and as she turned around to turn the wave motion gun on the ISS Enterprise, and Michael Scott is freaking out at what he's seeing about all this, he pushes the button badly. He takes out Captain Janeway. Now you'd think that things are about to go bad, but no. Derek Wildstar knows a thing or two about captains dropping dead at really inopportune <laughs> moments. So the crew of the Yamato pulls it together, and before Michael can, you know, find the button to the Tantalus device again, swings her around, it blows up the ISS Enterprise, and the Yamato wins it all. Chris, Chris Gossett, 30 seconds or less. Yamato. <laughs> Steve Melching. You know, Michael Scott uh, would, would try his usual shtick, is that's what she said, and Janeway would be, you're you know, damn God right, damn right I did. <laughs> I have the wave motion gun. <laughs> Taryn Doctorman. <sighs> I'm gonna have 30 seconds of sighing. Because this is stupid. <laughs> But it took you 20 years to figure that out. <laughs> but, but it has forced me to vote for the Yamato and Captain Janeway. This is the best Starship Smackdown ever. Rob Burnett. <laughs> Look, Michael Scott, you know that you, you ascend to the captaincy of any ISS Starship through assassination. And Michael Scott would have been on the ship for probably a couple of minutes before Spock <laughs> could assess the situation and he and his Vulcan operatives would just they didn't even they would just take him out before any damage was done they would and try. while that was they going would, on they, they wouldn't realize that okay. Janeway was targeting the ship and as Spock was ascending to the command of the ISS Enterprise the wave motion gun would have hit it how dare Enterprise you would have been vaporized uh, you're forgetting the shields okay what shields they didn't even know there was a threat I have two things to say. One, this Thank is the you. Enterprise. The Enterprise doesn't lose Starship Smackdown. <laughs> okay, the ISS Enterprise, also the Enterprise. <laughs> the Yamato, not the Enterprise. Okay, that's one. Number two. <laughs> They should have killed his dog in bookstores now. Okay, we're gonna vote. This is how you do it. You heard what these geniuses had to say. You can listen and, and accept what they said as experts, or you can disregard it. And I encourage you to do so. How do okay. you vote? So, for Captain William Buck Rogers on the 1701 Enterprise, if you think that should be the victor of this year's 20th anniversary Starship SmackDown, applaud and raise your hands. <laughs> Ooh, wow. Wow. After 20 years. <laughs> After 20 years. And apparently that's all the time we have now. Captain, number, we can't yeah. hold number together. Two, if you think Michael Scott on board the ISS Enterprise Cricket. should win Starship Cricket. Smackdown 20th Anniversary Edition, raise your hand. Sure. <laughs> 
if you think a movie based on a little cartoon from the 70s that basically no, no one watched at the time with Captain Janeway from Star Trek Voyager should win. I think you're all crazy, but okay, go ahead. Oh, yeah! <laughs> and there you have it, your winner of the 20th anniversary of Starship Smackdown yes. in an unlikely triumph. Captain Janeway on board the spaceship battleship Yamato. Thank you, Marianne Butler. Thank you, Derek. My hair going home. Ashley Miller, Chris Cossett, Steve Melcher, Derek Dockman, and Ron Reinhardt. Thank you. Wow. Wow. Pretty amazing. Okay, the daughter of Rick Sternback has an opinion. Totally. Wait, wait, this is important. Yes. Rick Sternback designed the 1701D. I think she gets a vote. didn't. Yes. If I'm not upset that the Enterprise lost, I don't think anybody else should be either. Oh, that's a terrible opinion. It doesn't count. Thank you, everybody. That was great. Yeah, if only we'd had more time, I would have advanced it. Wow. Thank you. Yeah, well, there you go. You got the, you know, uh, the winner was the uh, space battleship Yamato, uh, captained by Captain Chainway. And I got to tell you, I, 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 I was surprised at how angry I was about that. I mean, it's so, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It's like the whole thing is such a goof. And yet I found myself actually getting like, this is a, this is an insult to the SmackDown. This is ridiculous. You're letting your emotions take charge. Mike. I know. I have to be impartial. Let that happen. I have to. I have to recuse myself and be impartial. If only Clarence <laughs> Thomas would do the same. But uh, I was. Um, I was really. Uh, you know. But uh, it was clearly a unanimous vote. So uh, uh, you guys. I think it. It worked out the way it had to, given the uh, choices that we had. Yeah. So. But it was. It was a lot of fun, and and we'll obviously uh, do it again. Um, and hopefully next year, without the three-year gap, we'll. We'll be uh, we'll be back on back on target. Um, well, hopefully next year we won't need to use ELO. But who were some of the previous winners? The winner and new champion, the Dread Pirate Roberts, in command of the Millennium Falcon 2016. Guys, the audience has spoken. The winner is. I'm going to say Serenity. Thank you. The Abraham winner Lincoln. of the 2016 Starship Smackdown is the Battlestar Galactica, captained by Captain Abe Lincoln. Well done. Thank you, and thank you. We'll see you next year here in San Diego, California. And I expect you all to have read my book by then. Oh, my goodness. The, the, of course, the Enterprise itself has won many times. Uh, and it's it's not a fix. It just happens that way because the best know, arguments is the best it's show. Great. It's the yeah. best show. Yeah. Um, but but we had the Serenity Captain by um, was it Jamie Lannister or was it uh, Captain Hawkeye Pierce? I don't remember. Uh, I could have been either of those. Uh, of course, we I think the Millennium Falcon once uh, won once uh, Captain by Captain Kirk. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think any of the uh, any of the you know. The secondary ships have ever won for good yeah. reason because uh, they're just not they're just not the big guns literally and figuratively. 
Yeah, we really we really should have the archivist, the official archivist, Steve Melching on to tell us. We'll have to have, if this show is well-received, we might have to have Steve come and, and walk us through uh, previous uh, SmackDowns. And well, it'd be nice all. to have sort of a follow-up of uh, uh, of the actual making of a SmackDown. And yeah, yeah. And well, talking it, it, about what the decisions we've made over the years that uh, may or may not have worked well. Well, let's see what the reaction is to this episode. If, if you want to hear more, we'll Let bring you more. Let us know. We're here. We're not going anywhere. For another year. When I retire, five year mission podcast, five year mission. I told you at the end of the fifth year, my five year mission with the Trexperts is over. I'll well, come back and guest star on the show. The little known, seldom used reserve activation clause. Yeah, that's a possibility, I guess. <laughs> I, do I get one of those gold medallions? If you want, I would like one of those. <laughs> yeah, like. And there you have it, the Trexpert season finale. And uh, we're going to be going on a brief hiatus for a couple of weeks, but we'll be back in October with all new episodes. And you'll be able to uh, join us because the Patreon adventure is just beginning. Along with our new show, Deck 78, which will be available only to our Patreon backers. And again, this uh, these funding will be used to offset the costs of mixing the shows, producing the shows, and hosting the shows um, and our our wild parties no yeah, not that at all not wild parties <laughs> well no. maybe it's, 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 <laughs> that depends it's, on who has the con we we really hope that you uh <laughs> that you come with us on our the next phase of this adventure because uh, we love having you around and uh, we need you badly <laughs> yeah won't you Super please badly sit down so uh <laughs> anyway um Thanks for joining us. It's been a great season. It started with Bible study. It ended with SmackDown. Uh, we did a lot of really great things in between. Uh, there was that wonderful Laura Banks episode last week, which was a hoot. Um, so many great, uh, so many great moments. So many great interviews. Joe D'Agusta. Um, the list goes on and on. So um, uh, we we thank you for being with us and follow our progress. You can follow our progress with much <laughs> much interest. like. Much like Admiral Kirk did not. Yeah, so come down <laughs> yeah. to SETI Alpha 5. Um, don't ignore us because we'll be back and we need you badly. So um, join I us. I just said that. You did. He did. But I couldn't help it. <laughs> <laughs> I, by We're the time, already by, dead. I was, you know, I was trying. I realized that and it was too late. The words were That's already coming out of my mouth. So I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, to uh, steal, your, steal your line. He was too late. He had to go to blow you to bits. <laughs> <laughs> I shall avenge you. Um, okay. So uh, we'll see you in October for the fifth season of the Trexperts. Until then, keep on trekking and gloriously, of course.
This show is produced by Dean Devlin and Mark A. Altman and is an Electric Surge Network production.